Welcome to Disney Parks and Beyond, a Disney podcast about theme parks and all things Disney from the After Dark Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the UK's longest running and biggest Disney podcast, Disney Parks and Beyond. Very proud to be able to say that. I am Nick and on this episode I'm joined by Mr D. I'm the longest running member of the longest running British Disney podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't mean I've been on the show longer. You've been on the show longer than me, Nick. I've just been going longer than you. (laughs) In terms of being an old geezer. You'll always have that record on me, unfortunately, Mr. Day. Yeah. Um, We are also joined by the very talented Mr. Ripley. Uh, Good evening. How are you? Very well. Thank you very much. And we are also joined by Ryan. Hello. Ryan, whose own podcast, Theme Park Trader, is flying up yeah. the podcast charts at the moment. The second best uh, Disney podcast. That's right. I tell you what, if I'd known it was as easy as spending a few dollars on Fiverr, I would have done it years ago. <laughs> really? You, hang on, do no, what? I'm joking. I'm joking. He's, he's friends with James O'Brien, don't you know? Yeah. J.O.B. is my friend. He's cultivated that stalker sh- uh, friendship. Yeah, exactly. It's taken me a long time to get there. How dare you? All I'm saying is I can I can get loads of friends for just five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It is quite funny when you look at um, you look at Disney uh, accounts on Twitter and you think, I mean, they got a lot of followers. And then you actually go and have a look at said followers, and you're like, bop, 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 bop. It's like ninety percent. Honest, honestly, like the, the yeah. thing is, it used to really. Back in the back in the early days, when I'd care about such things, and I'd look and I think, oh god, what can we do to like, you know, get get more followers and stuff like that? Because we was in the low thousands, and I thought, you know, that's that's good, but we can do better. And I just couldn't, I couldn't work out what to do. I didn't realise it was as easy as just you know paying some people. And we've had we get emails from time to time from companies saying, oh, um, you know, if you want to give us some money, we can get you a load of new followers. And you're like, no, you're right. I'd rather have like a few thousand actual people follow me than just mm-hmm. bot accounts making me look impressive. But hey, that's why we don't make any money, I suppose. Um, so this episode is going to be pretty heavy and pretty much dedicated um, to Disney Cruise Lines. So um, obviously it's timely because as this episode goes out, the the UK uh, special cruises will be going on sale later uh, this week or if you listen uh, in a few weeks time it's already on sale probably sold out um so we're going to look at disney cruise lines as a whole um as well as looking at what the uh, the, the kind of itinerary and what the guidance is for the uk cruises that are going to be going on this summer but before we do that there's two things we need to do the first one is have a look at some disney news but before we even do that of course i've got to ask what everybody's drinking um, so, Mr. D, you're always well, uh, very good at this. So, what are you drinking? Well, I gave you a sneak, a sneaky preview last week, right? Because mm. we were going to record the cruise episode last week. So, I bought myself a bottle of Kraken uh, dark spiced rum oh. on that tonight. So, our Kraken, yeah. you should mate. Yeah, Cheers. very, very timely as well with the episode. 
um, and, a, and a good drink to boot, of course. Mm. Um, Mr. Ripley, um, I know that you've just rushed in. Yeah. Have you actually got anything to drink yet? Or? No, there, there's a glass of stale tap water to my left. I think Ooh. I could possibly be drinking that if I get desperate. Ooh, beautiful. Treat yourself. Treat yeah. yourself. Yeah, exactly. treat yourself. No mm. expense spared on this podcast. Mm. Um, Ryan, what are you drinking? I've got three Bs, which is Brighton Beach Belgian IPA. Nice. Yep, that Brighton is. Beach. <laughs> just check that is three Bs. <laughs> three Bs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Had to think That's about it for a second. It is. That's yeah. what it's called. Yeah. Um, I've got just for change um, a Disarano and uh, Pepsi Max. Oh, very sophisticated. Well, you know, sometimes you sometimes you got to do things, right? So, uh, yeah, cheers, everybody. And cheers. Uh, without cheers. further ado, let's go and have a look at what's going on in the news. After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com. The home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.hhnunofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. So, um, normally I'd kind of say, has anyone got anything? But I know exactly who I'm going to. So, firstly, <laughs> Mr. Ripley, with the uh, with the old school jingle there. <laughs> Doing my best in between his impression. <laughs> um, well, the only news I've got sort of slightly dovetails into what Mr. D is going to be talking about. And I just wanted to just briefly talk about and update everyone on what Disney would like you to think is the replacement to the uh, Magical Express, but is in fact something that's coming down the line if it comes at all in the, in the, in the distant future. So it's the uh, Bright Line, East Coast, Florida, high speed main line. Um, there's been a lot of updates with this lately. Very few news sources in the Disney bubble seem to be covering it. So I just thought I would just give everyone just a rundown of what's happening with it. Um, Because it's quite timely, because obviously a lot of people worried what they're going to do when Magical Express ends. Mm. Well, the short answer is you're not going to be able to get a train. That's for sure. Despite (laughs) the fact that if you have been to MCO recently, and it would have been there last year if you'd flown in um, before this happened, or actually 19, I think it was actually still being constructed. the station is there. It's part of a new terminal they're building and some mm. of the tracks are there. So it's all there waiting to go. So it's, it's not, it's really isn't far off. And that unfortunately only goes at this point to Miami. So the bit that will go to Disney Springs is still being at this present time, still being um, planned and debated over. Um, so at the moment, Obviously, COVID has affected everything, so I don't think it's actually running at the moment. But if COVID wasn't a thing, it would currently be running um, from Miami along the East Coast. um, And then it goes up as far as West Palm Beach and it stops at Fort Lauderdale. Um, The um, train system, just for obviously our British listeners, if you've ever been on the Southeastern high speed train, it's the exact same train made by Siemens. 
um, and it goes at the exact same speed. So if you've ever been on that train, that's basically what's coming, but in sort of greys and yellows rather than um, the lilacs and purples that that train is in. Um, so you guys, obviously, you know about this train, don't you? Yeah. 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 Which yeah. one? I know about both of them. Both of them? Well, I know about the one you just talked about that we've got in the UK. Oh, okay. Right, right, well. right. I've been I've been on that one as well. Oh, right, right. Okay. I see. The other thing I've heard is that um, they've tried to talk to Universal about some kind of station and it's yeah. not really going Universal's way at the minute. Well, that's basically what I was just about to jump onto. So, so currently, the original plan was to take it from that new station. It's laid out perfectly for it to run up the side of that highway and then to run along grounds next to the I-4 and then it would stop in Disney Springs, um, probably around the Cirque du Soleil area, down that, that end of the Disney Springs. Um, that's at a cost of 1.2 billion, apparently. Wow. Now, Universal has got together with um, International Drive, SeaWorld, and other businesses in that area, and said, well, we don't want you to stop at Disney Springs, we want you to stop here, at the, at the bottom of International Drive. So the company is, at the moment assessing what it wants to do now it could in all fairness because that is closer it could go to universal first follow the i4 along and then jump into disney springs where the i4 meets disney springs because the land that they've purchased or agreed to lease runs along the side of all the major highways so it's all that sort of swampy territory so everything they're building is all on bridges and stilts and things all the way along and the problem being that to do that branch line that will be 1.1 billion so if they were going to do this obviously you're over 2 billion straight away just to run this train from the airport to universal and then disney springs then comes who's funding it because this private company brightline is obviously suffering right now because it's not running trains because of covid and people aren't you know, people aren't using it so much. And the reason why it was put in in the first place was basically to take Orlando tourists down to the Miami cruise terminal where it terminates. So um, that's how it dubs into what Mr. D is going to be talking about because Miami wants to basically grow the amount of cruises that depart um, from it. So mm. that bit's already set up. It's just the Orlando area which is causing problems. And the Orlando area... The next phase that they're going to be building will be connecting to Tampa. So that's the goal. It's just whether it goes to or via Universal or via Disney to get to Tampa. But the ultimate aim is to get it to Tampa. Um, and the reason why I say that it's a bit dubious with this two billion um, question mark is what came out very, very recently that Virgin is now suing Brightline. So apparently. 2018 virgin agreed to give brightline some money and brightline mm. were very keen to rebrand the train as the virgin rail which is what we used to have in this country but i don't know yeah. if you have it anymore no, 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 um, no, no. and then suddenly virgin dropped out the court case which has literally just gone on in the last few days is now alleging by virgin that brightline took the money and then said actually we don't want you anymore so virgin said well, why don't you want us anymore well, your reputation because of COVID and the amount of people you're not refunding for your airlines, blah, 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 blah. 
would put this in bad stead. So we don't want your name, but we'll keep your money. So there's an argument over whether they had the money, whether they didn't have the money. So to me, when you're saying, oh, it's got to have a billion to get to um, Universal, another billion to go to Disney, and then another couple of billion to go to Tampa, where's this company getting its money from? It's already in dispute with people. It's in dispute with um, the city of Orlando because they want it to hurry up and get going because no doubt they've probably given it funds. They've given it, obviously, land. Um, and they've set a deadline, apparently, of next month for them to agree what is exactly going to happen because the patience is wearing thin um, on the public side. I mean, it's a spokesperson for Brightline, Lyle Landley, by any chance. <laughs> it sounds very monorail to me. And I don't mean the Disney transportation system. You know, he, he, Lyle Landley brought the train to Ogdenville. And every time I hear that, I always think of Ryan. <laughs> Named, <laughs> where Ryan got his name from? <clears throat> yes, famously. I'm actually uh, I'm actually mayor of Oldenville. <laughs> <laughs> well, it put you certainly put them on the map. Um, the um, I mean, what all of this sounds completely flake, flaky, and and the reason mm. I say that, right? How can you tell me? Bearing in mind, you know, we know the the kind of distance that this is, right? That it's going to cost a billion dollars to go to Disney Springs and a billion dollars to go to Universal. Well, th- this is the problem. With Disney also pulling their Magical Express ahead of time, that's obviously made them a bit nervous. And also, the last thing I f- forgot to mention was apparently in the last couple of weeks, I'm not sure which county, is it Osceola or Orange, one of the, the local Orlando counties apparently is going to, uh, I don't know if tax is the right word, but they're going to put some kind of levy on Bright Light because they believe that once the Disney Spring Station gets put in, they strongly believe that the car hire companies will lose lots and lots of business, which means they will then in turn lose all the business rates. So they're on about countercharging them for all the lost revenue that they will lose because people will swap the car for the train. Trying to present the planet. Mm. But Americans, apparently, I mean, Americans don't, as far as I'm aware, are not sort of uh, that positive with the train. They obviously favour the car of everything, and we know that for a fact. But, you know, this apparently, the the last station they built was the first station in 100 years to be built in America. Well, that's what I mean. You know, America is very unusual compared to nearly any other country I can think of in that it hasn't really got this great transport system. Mm. You know, you know, when you go to certain, you know, obviously New York has a subway and, you know, different places do have um, trains. Uh, I think Chicago's got a train service, hasn't it? Yeah, it's got, well, it's got the L, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, San Fran has got the um, the trams, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um LA's got a train system, and that, again, is right next to all the major roads. And the last time I was in LA, there was just never anybody at the stations. No. They were just all empty. I think certain parts, I think, like New York's got quite a a healthy commuter train service, but for long distances, I don't think it's quite so popular. Joe Joe Biden, his nickname was Amtrak Joe, wasn't it? They used to get the train to go to work, and they they used to... Get the train to go to work, and they all used to take the piss out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, I, I mean, I just, I just find it weird. But the thing is, if you've not had that that culture of, and I mean, look, it, in England we don't use 
trains to go everywhere. You know, yeah. if you live in London, you pretty much rely on trains to get to places. Mm. But, you know, we still, you know, fly domestically and we still, you know, people will still drive up and down the country, obviously a much smaller country. But we also have, or we did pre-COVID, you know, a, a healthy train system and you could literally go from one end of the country to the other. Mm. It could take busy. about six days, but... It's could, always busy. Yeah, and always expensive as well. It um, is always expensive, yeah. But America doesn't seem to have that kind of culture. Now, very much gone. I mean, look, you can drive a car at 16. You learn to drive a car at school, right? You can't go anywhere pretty much in America without having a car. You know, it's such a big country. So China then convinced people that, you know, trains are a, are a good option is going to be, is going to be difficult. Um, mm. So there's, there's loads of factors here. I mean, I, you know, personally and i think we all talked about this before when the announcement was was made all those years ago i think we all saw it as a good idea because yeah. you know it's it's going to be a bit quicker and probably a bit easier to like go from the airport like just jump on the train and get straight to the park well not to the parts but you know this is spring and um so we can see a lot of sense in it but the the costs of it are just are just ridiculous and i yeah i could see I didn't have to make a decision, I suppose, on which one they're going to go with. But mm. there's nothing stopping, I suppose, a branch line, is there? No, no. You don't so need a small shuttle train or something, wouldn't you, to get yeah. So they've got station set aside now. So it's just them weighing up everything and getting their finances in order. And apparently, as I said, the deadline is next month. Um, but you know, as of spring next year. The benefit for us as, as British travellers, you know, assuming everything's fairly back to normal by that point, um, is that you could fly into MCO, get on a train and go down to Miami to get a cruise because often they can be much more competitively priced down there because the other terminal that Disney regularly uses in um, Canaveral is, you know, is, is not huge. Mm. Um, but also, you know, to say, you know, sometimes flights can be significantly cheaper out of Miami. So you could possibly fly into Miami, get straight on a train. It's three hours uh, on the high speed, straight up to MCO. Um, and then you're here, you know. So th there's a few benefits that will come online in the spring of next year. Mm. I mean, I don't think I'd personally want to fly from, you know, like London to Miami and then jump on a train. But what I probably would do is plan my trip. So I spend a, a couple of days in Miami. Mm. before traveling up to orlando because i've always liked to i've always wanted to see miami and, and just mm. never got a chance to go mm. so that's actually a, a pretty good option because i've no well, it opens up. Take the train but. yeah i mean it opens up, up the keys and the everglades as well um mm. you know so you can make it more like a two-center holiday yeah, yeah. Uh, it's only you know you hire a car at miami and it's only literally a couple of hours to uh at least the top end of the keys key largo um so yeah it opens up some possibilities there i mean you can drive it but it's it's most of the day to drive it i think it's about six or seven hours we did it once and it was it's quite a chunk of driving mm. why can't they why can't they make the train like the train to um heathrow is it heathrow is which one's on the piccadilly line piccadilly yeah what's the what's the airport that you can get to on the piccadilly line it's uh, it must be Heathrow because you can't get to Gatwick on that. No, yeah, it might be Heathrow. Yeah. Um, well, the one yeah, that goes what, straight through. 
Yeah, but it goes, it goes, it stops all the terminals, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, that train. Yeah, yeah. There is a train that stops all the terminals. Yeah. So what? And, and when you look at the tube map, because it's the end of the line essentially, mm. but it doesn't really stop. It kind of just turns into a mini circle line. It just, it just goes in a big loop to stop mm. at all the different terminals. So why don't they just do that and have a stop at Disney Springs and have a stop at Universal? But you think even at even the stop at Disney Springs, if it's that side of the Springs, that's not a huge advantage for people that don't have a car, is it? Who are staying on property mm. because the buses are the are, are the other side of the Springs. Oh, are they really? Yeah, I think I think <laughs> yeah. yeah, the buses are yeah. down at sort of near marketplace, aren't they? That's I think right. you, I think they'd need to change that though. I mean, I think they would. I mean, if you're going to come in from the airport with all your luggage, you know, tire and everything it, yeah. else. Yeah, you're going to have to have buses going to all the resorts from there. Well, if you yeah. if you look at the land they've purchased, that's the end they'll be coming in at. Yeah. So it would make more sense if they got the but, space. But right now, I think you're not allowed to take suitcases on the Disney buses. So I think, Mr. D, you're right. They'd have to have like yeah. a small fleet of buses to go back and forth from that stop alone. I think so. So Disney, like, will you get away, airports, to be honest? Well, this is, yeah. I think Disney, in a way, are still going to have to have some kind of magical express if this train line goes in. You could yeah. call it Disney's Mini Magical Express because it's only doing short hops from Disney Springs to the resorts. There you go. And some people it's... might say, oh, sod it, I'll just go on Mears because that picks me up at MCO and takes me straight to whatever. Yeah. To, to be fair, if the prices that Mears are going to release are affordable, then I would, I would go Mears anyway. Mm. It almost makes you wonder why they sell the minivans, doesn't it? Because the you know a fleet of minivans have been perfect for this to pick you up from Disney Springs well, and just drive you straight to the hotel. Probably because they know that by the time the uh, station is built, the leases will all be up. <laughs> True. And and it's only planned to be one an hour. So if you miss that train, <laughs> wow, you know it'd be a bit like when Craig gets to wait for me at the airport. Um, and the only last thing I will say is I only know three people that have ever been on holiday in Miami, and all three got mugged. So I'm just putting that out there. I've been there. I didn't get mugged. That I know four people, and three of the four got mugged. Three of them being mugged. Yeah, he's <laughs> one of them. Will Smith. I, I, I didn't say whether I'd done any mugging. I just said oh, I oh, had oh, been mugged. Oh, oh, oh. Maybe you were the mugger. You can take the boy out of Glasgow, but mm. don't, don't, don't. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you very much for bringing it to my attention. I didn't realise it'd gone that far, and in fact, I didn't realise. Um, about the whole Virgin angle, you know, the last I think mm. we we talked about it, Virgin were very much, you know, this was going to be Virgin Trains USA. Um, so I didn't even realise that had happened. Well, it'd be it's... interesting to see because Virgin are saying that they've had the money, and they're saying we've not had the money. So it'd be interesting to see with the court case who has actually paid what and when, and yeah. whether Virgin were in the wrong or whether this bright line were in the wrong. The other thing as well, though, that doesn't make sense about that is, unless it's been different, is, you know, Virgin operating flights domestically now, aren't they, in the States? Not anymore, I don't think. Ah, okay. Yeah, I think that ended. I think they sold it to Alaskan Air, I think. Right. They were actually, I flew with them. They were very good. But I think they did sell out to Alaskan Air. Okay. Yeah, because I remember, I remember seeing that and I was surprised because obviously we just think of Virgin Atlantic, but uh, yeah. they often share yeah. flights with um, Delta, don't they? Yes, mm. Delta is like the number one in the US, so it was a bit yeah. odd that you had Virgin America who were competing against them because technically Delta owned Virgin. Well, Virgin Atlantic they half owned, don't they? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. All yeah. very incestuous over there. Um, yeah. Ryan, was there any any anything that you wanted to uh, to bring up for the news? Yeah, a couple of well, one small thing and one I guess potentially big thing. The small thing is that the people move is reopened. Yay! It's been a long time. <laughs> been a very long time, and I think the, the queue currently consists of ninety-five percent vloggers. Oh my god! <laughs> Don't one of them goes on it, and then they're all on it, and then you realise they're all on it together, and it's like they've done the same video from a different <laughs> angle each time. <laughs> I went on, I went on oh. YouTube earlier, and there was about twenty recommendations, all of people riding the people mover. Disney. I wonder what the collective name is for a herd of vloggers. Tosses. <laughs> <laughs> shambles a shambles of vloggers I don't know <laughs> um, I, you know what that's that's actually that's actually inspired me Ryan you bringing that to uh, the table after what Mr Ripley just said just extend the people mover yeah, yeah. just drag it, drag it out to the airport job done what a lovely little trip that would be yeah. nice and chilled yeah. that mm-hmm. takes about three hours doesn't it yeah to go from but- to go from the airport to back to Disney that'd take about three hours at that speed the collective Ooh. noun for a group of vloggers is a gang of lovelies. Right. <laughs> a vlogger a lovely, come up a lovelies. A lovelies of vloggers. Yeah, we'll take we'll take your word for that. I will not be. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to my original <laughs> original idea. Um, and what was the uh, what was the slightly bigger thing, Ryan? So I'm hearing that the Biden administration is about to relax outdoor mask guidelines, so we Ooh. could see. You know, we might find Disney and Universal maybe hold things back a bit longer, but it looks like we might get a summer without masks. It's possible we might get a summer without masks at uh, the theme parks. Oof. Outside, at least. Outside. Mm. It's interesting. And the only reason I say that is because, um, and I was speaking to my wife earlier on, um, because you know, still keep throwing the idea out there that maybe I'll, I'll be able to go for a long weekend in Orlando this year, and then you watch what's happening at the moment in India, and you think, mm. oh, is, are we? Is that is that even going to be a thing? Like once again, it doesn't matter how well we're doing in rolling out the vaccines; it's how well everyone else is doing. Plus, mm. as well, it, you know, this is obviously uh, this is a new variant, isn't it, in India? that's going yeah. going there at the moment and they they got very relaxed around christmas time and basically it declared them free of covid well they had a big hindu festival didn't they yes and um, it's all kicked off again it's all kicked off so uh yeah i don't i mean it's, it's look it's what we all want Right, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it wouldn't it wouldn't not be good news if they were doing that. I'm just still erring on the side of caution as of is that is that the right thing? Because like I was saying to Mr. D before we started recording, I went down to uh, South End yesterday, as we recorded this episode, and um, I went to Adventure Island, which is their little theme park on the beach, and it was you know, like it was two years ago in the middle of the school holidays on the hottest day of the year. Like it was absolutely rammed full of people. And I was like, you know, a lot of us still aren't vaccinated. Mm. And even being vaccinated isn't stopping us getting it. It's just offering us a layer of protection that we didn't have before that we shouldn't get too ill from it. It can still be spread. Um, 
And I'm just like, oh, we, we're literally just coming out of lockdown and people have just gone nuts. So, yeah, I'm still yeah. a little little kind of cagey. But it's, 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 it is positive. Of course it is positive, Ryan. Yeah, it is positive. I talked about it a little bit on this week's Food Park Trade, actually. And I kind oh, of... Like... Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> to be fair, the Biden news wasn't out. And I'm kind of on the fence about it. Like, on one side, like, we've never had outdoor masks in this country, including our theme parks. Um, and doesn't seem... It, from the evidence suggests it doesn't seem to impact things too much. However, would I be comfortable watching Happily Ever After without a mask with 5,000 other people around me? No. So I think it's a tricky one to balance. I mean, I definitely see like, you know, you know, you have people in the fast pass queue who would kind of make sure you're scanning your magic bands. I see them just making sure you're putting your mask on as you're entering the attraction moving forward. Mm. Yeah, it could be. It's also that for, for me personally, with mask wearing, particularly on holiday, it's not something I would very much enjoy to have to wear a mask all the time, particularly in Florida where it's so hot and you struggle sometimes to breathe within fabric ones. But I'm, I'm not being funny, I'm, I'm, Mr. Ripley. Come on, I think the only person that is you know is ruining the fact that this might not be a thing anymore is probably Bane. <laughs> um so for me i may choose just to not go because i wouldn't want that if, it, if that makes sense but that doesn't stop me from wearing them to work and everywhere else that i go it's just for my holiday i'd like it to be a holiday but I, i'd kind of be happy yeah. if if they did change the rules and said right you don't have to wear one outside but as soon as you go into a shop restaurant mm. attraction you have to pop one on i think i'd be quite happy with that balance Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the it's the heat, isn't it? That that, that is overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you hit that aircon with the mask on, the, the mask is kind of just what it is. What it's like over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I it's... mean, there's, there's there's things that I've so I've bought the. I don't know if you've seen these, but I've bought these um like I don't know what they call like frame like mask frames. I think they're called, and they're just it's just like a molded bit of three D plastic that kind of sits over your nose and in front of your mouth that just kind of gives you a bit of gap between a mask and your face. So it's still it's still tight over your your face, but because it just gives you... And they're, they're not particularly thick. You know, it is only kind of like a small um, bump that it, it kind of puts between the mask and, and your face, but it makes such a difference in how comfortable I can wear that much longer without feeling uncomfortable than I would do normally. Um, so I suppose there are, there are ways of, of trying to make wearing a mask for longer periods more comfortable, but yes, you know, the, the obvious uh, solution would not be to not have to wear one at all, but I think we're, we're still going to be quite away um, mm. from that being the norm. Yeah. Really. It's worth also saying that the US for their vaccination program is leaping ahead. I think they're accelerating. Like yeah, I think they've wow. almost gone past us now, and they've per hundred thousand. I think it's like forty-four percent of the adult population have had the. It's around the forty mid forties have had their first vaccine, um, so they are smashing it. Which is why the US is probably going to be on some kind of green list if we do have a, a list and we are able to travel in the summer. Mm. 
And if yeah. it doesn't variant too much, technically speaking, over 60% is herd immunity. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's not far away if, if that is true. Mm. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that my two Disney trips slash Universal trips are going to be happening this year, but I'm not getting excited until I'm actually in a theme park. It might be a case, Ryan, you've got more chance of going to Florida than you have to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. probably, I think you're probably right. Yeah, I think I think you're right as well. To be completely honest, um, Mr. D, was there anything from you? Yeah, there's a couple of little things. Um, one was the uh, sort of concept art for the Jungle Cruise, and we talked about this the other week about True to Sam. Mm. You know, that's going to change, and it, and it looks like. Now, I don't know what you guys thought. I, the, the version of it that I saw. I think was suggesting that they're going to have Trader Sam running the lost and found shop yep, or the lost right, and found yeah. area. But yeah. I th- there was some suggestion in the article that that may actually be the gift shop at the end of the attraction. So kind of from a theming point of view, lost and found, but actually, you know, Trader Sam is, is still selling you stuff. So it's kind of true to the, to the trader part. Uh, but I don't know if I, I don't know if I was reading too much into that. But uh, certainly they're going to change Trader Sam, but he is still going to have some presence in the ride, which then maybe answers the questions that we talked about. You know, what about the bars in California and in the Polynesian? So looks like they they stay and uh, keep the Trader Sam, Sam connection. So that's good. Yeah, I, I, I think. Um... Yeah, I think it works. If anything, I think it adds a bit of mystery to the bars and who Trader Sam actually is, mm. which I quite like. I think the yeah. the Imagineer who's doing this, his name is Kevin Lively, or he, he's at least part of the team that's doing the reimagining, and mm. he knows his stuff. I've followed him on Twitter, and I think what what they're going to do here is is going to be pretty decent. To be fair, I think will people yeah. worrying about. Um, Throwing away all the old characters, they're gonna they're gonna do at least a nod to them, even if the animatronic isn't there. Yeah. My biggest criticism, and it, I may be wrong, but they do need some kind of gift shop for the Jungle Cruise, mm. and they don't really have one. I mean, like look what they did with the Haunted Mansion with Memento Mori. Yeah. They mm. need something like that selling Trader Sam stuff. Well, that's what I, that's what I thought I was reading in this article that that that. Although it might be themed as the lost and found, it, it would be like the gift shop at the I end of the attraction. Think, I think the way I read it, I could be wrong, is that it's just a replacement for that animatronic figure okay. or that mannequin that was there. I yeah. think it acts as the last scene of the ride. Yeah. yeah. Do you think um, if they if they did put in a, a Trader Sam's like shop, like John Cruise shop, that they would then sell the like special um, tiki mugs and stuff like that. Oh, oh without a doubt. They, yeah. you know, when they get those in, um, I've been there on the day they release them and people are queuing around the block for them. Oh, I know. I just, you know, it's, I, I didn't it's, know, you know, I didn't know if, you know, there might be some concern that the bar wouldn't be as popular if they could be bought. I don't think it would personally, but, you know. If I was Disney, I'd be like, "Well, here are the park tiki mugs, and here are the ones unique to Trader Sam's." Yeah. Would they? Yeah. I notice, you know, they've done that pop-up shop for the cruise merchandise that they're not selling because the cruises aren't running. 
um, at Disney Springs. They they got uh, some Disney Cruise shot glasses there, but they're marked up as cocktail no toothpick holders. <laughs> well, you, I mean, yeah, it, it could be uh, a buffalo sauce holder. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do, I'm into buffalo sauce right now. It could be a buffalo sauce holder. There's loads of things you can do with shot glasses. Mm-hmm. Besides put alcohol in them, I suppose. Mouthwash mug. I mouthwash in there. I tend to just drink shots out of them. Yeah. Oh, I show off. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So we'll leave the news and uh, we will go on via Mr. D to talk about Disney Cruise Lines. Let's get down to business to start planning that Disney trip. I'm Wendy Prater and Magical Journeys Travel here, proud sponsor of the Disney Parks and Beyond podcast. I specialize in all things Disney, Universal, and all major cruise lines. Disney cruises are spectacular, but you've got to book early to get the best pricing and stateroom selection. I offer generous onboard credits and take care of all your planning. Interested in Disney World, Disneyland, or Disneyland Paris? I can help with every bit of the planning process, including dining and fast passes. Find me on the Twitters at WP Magic Journeys or email me at Wendy Prater at MagicalJourneysTravel.com. I make the plans, you make the memories. Right, so, Mr. D, over to you. Okay, well, there was one other piece of news that relates to what oh, we're going to talk about. you told me that now, we've gone into a new segment. Uh, no, no, it, it's a segue. This is a segue. Hey. Right? So Florida is actually seeking an immediate injunction to overturn the CDC no-sale order and get cruises restarted. Um, I think Alaska um, has also said that they will join the lawsuit. So there's definitely pressure to try and get cruises going again. And obviously, in this country, we're going to find out this week about the uh, staycations, the Magic at Sea cruises um, that are going to be for UK uh, citizens. And, you know, those are going to be short cruises where you basically leave from a port in the UK and you go up for a couple of days, two, three or four days, and then come back again. And there's lots of different aspects to that from a normal cruise because of COVID, different protections and stuff. And maybe we'll talk about that later. But that was kind of, you know, with that being imminent. And the other thing that's going to happen this week is we're going to find out about uh, Disney's next cruise ship. And we'll talk about that a little bit, the Disney Wish. So there's quite a lot going on with cruises, even though there aren't a lot of cruises going on. So we thought we'd take this opportunity to, to do a little bit of a kind of uh, one-on-one on the Disney Cruise Line. Now, you guys have never cruised, is that right? Yeah, so I... Well, I mean, you know, I've cruised in a car. Yeah. Uh, I've gone on a, on a short cruise, very short cruise, 24-hour one, but mm-hmm. not anyway. a Disney cruise. Does right. it P&O ferry count? No, sorry. <laughs> <To> Calais. <laughs> yeah. I've been to Calais, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, the first thing I wanted to say then is there's a couple of things about cruising that, that people, if they've never been on a cruise, there are a couple of kind of stereotypical images that people have of, of cruises. They take place what, on a boat. Yeah, they take place on a boat. Yes. And usually they're full of old people, right? That, that was the kind of stereotype. And that has changed over the last couple of decades. And cruise lines are a little bit like... Um, 
resorts in Spain, you, you pick the one that suits your needs. So there are some resorts that cater for families. There are some resorts that are party towns, you know, like Ibiza, places like that for young single people. There are places that are a bit quieter for, for older people. Cruise lines are a bit like that. They've got profiles. And obviously we're going to talk about the Disney Cruise Line. Disney Cruise Line caters mainly for families. Doesn't mean to say that you can't go and have a great time uh, as, a, as a single or as a, a couple of adults. You can, but that's their kind of niche is, is obviously, as you would expect, uh, it's, it's family orientated. So have you guys ever heard of the big red boat? Uh, no. Uh, okay, so that's where the story starts, right? Back in 1984, Disney wanted to get into the cruise business. So they actually partnered with Norwegian Caribbean at that time. And they went into an eight-year deal. Uh, and they, they basically rented a ship called the SS Norway. And they put together a package. Um, and it was a kind of combo three, four night cruise and three, four night stay at Walt Disney World. Um, and they also partnered um, with um, uh, Eastern Airlines. That was like Disney's uh, official airline, if you like. So they, they uh, sorry, they, they partnered with Norwegian first with the SS Norway. Then they partnered with Premier Cruises and Eastern Airlines. And they had this combo thing, this cruise and Walt Disney World stay. And that was on the SS Royale. Um, and it was an eight-year deal. And the, the ships on that line, Premier Line, were red. I mean, they were like a bit like Virgin. So, so they got called the Big Red Boats. Uh, and that was quite successful. It lasted for about eight years. But at the end of it, it's not really clear what happened. But Premier declined to renew the contract with Disney don't really know why but they then premier then actually signed a deal with warner brothers and they did looney tunes cruises for quite a long time so disney decided uh that they would look elsewhere the cruises had been quite successful and there was a lot of money to be made at cruises and cruises it was a it was a growing business uh obviously in florida you've got great access to uh, to the caribbean so it's a great base for cruising. And they tried, they, they, they did get into some conversations with Royal Caribbean and Carnival, but none of those came to fruition. So in the early 1990s, Disney decided it was it was going to launch its own cruise line. Um, it is a little bit different from other cruise lines, and they've been pioneers in a number of different areas. So... At the time when Disney kind of launched in the early 1990s with the first two ships, um, if you if you notice the ships are actually painted in classic cruise line colours. You've got the it's almost black, but I think it's dark blue on the bottom of the hull. Then you've got like red, yellow, white. So it's like a classic, um, you know, 1920s, 1930s era paint job on on the boats. That's actually quite different from where everybody else went. The, other ships went to mainly white. Um, you got Carnival, which is really brightly coloured. But they even went so far as to actually approach the Coast Guard. They had to get special permission to have the lifeboats uh, painted yellow to match Mickey's colours. So the boats basically match Mickey's colours and 
they're a kind of throwback to the classic liner days. Because um, normally lifeboats are supposed to be, the regulation says they should be orange, but in Disney's case, they got a dispensation to tie to tie the ship to Mickey's colours. Um, and they're actually a very small cruise line, but they've done a lot of innovation. And we'll talk about some of that innovation as, as we go through this. So they, they started with two ships, uh, the Magic and the Wonder. And we'll talk about them a little bit more in detail. Uh, but if you've never been cruising, um, you know, normally you, you need a passport when you go cruising. That's not true for some of the cruises. If you're a US citizen and you're leaving, technically not getting off the ship at anywhere that is not a US port. So if you're getting on at somewhere like Port Canaveral um, and it's a cruise that, that just stops in places like Galveston, you don't need a passport, but normally you need a passport and it's got to be valid for at least six months. So Disney at the minute, it's got a, it's got a very small fleet of ships. Um, at the minute, it's only got four. And the first two, as I said before, were the Disney Wonder. That was the original ship and the Disney Magic. And they're about 800, sorry, 984 feet long. And they've got 11 decks and they can carry about 2,700 passengers. Um, that's in about 875 staterooms. Most of those are actually, uh, they've got ocean views. So they've got either portholes or windows out to the sea, or they've got verandas. And the ships are absolutely beautiful. And that's, that's something else that, you know, that people who have never been on a cruise ship don't realise just how, how much of, the attraction of cruising is the ship itself. So uh, the Magic has got an Art Deco theme and the Wonder has got an Art Nouveau theme. Um, but they're packed with all sorts of features. So they've got large outdoor screens, they've got indoor cinemas, got water slides. The decor is, is you know, amazing. Uh, they've got fantastically themed restaurants and a huge amount of entertainment, including you know, a full theatre uh, in each ship. The Walt Disney Theatre holds kind of Broadway-style shows, but obviously Disney-themed. Um, and depending on what ship you go on, you'll see different shows. Uh, they, there are certain ones which are common across cruises or ships, and there are others that are unique to different ships. Um, one of the other things that, that Disney did was the... Um, they, they invented or they brought in uh, for the internal cabins they brought in virtual portholes so one of the problems about having a cabin that's internal is you've got no it's quite claustrophobic, you've got no view out to see which is a big attraction when you're cruising obviously, so Disney actually fitted um, screens, flat screen TVs with a, with a live view of what's going on outside so it looks like a like a window outside but then they can superimpose those with um with things like the black pearl uh, pirate ship sailing past or characters peeking in the window and things like that so disney have really done some things to to push the cruise industry um even even down to things like the horn on the disney cruise ship and we actually witnessed this when you're coming out of port normally the cruise ships will sound their horns and the other ships have just got like a straightforward horn 
Um, but it, it just gives a kind of blast. But the Disney cruise ships have actually got a horn that's musical, and so it plays something like, you know, When You Wish Upon a Star, and it kind of out-trumps the other cruise lines. And if you're on that ship and, you know, your ship is playing When You Wish Upon a Star or something like that, it, it, it just... It gives everybody a bit of a, a bit of a tickle, really. Um, so just, um, I didn't want to interrupt your flow there, but the, yeah, that's you had a slight pool side could jump in. So with those, um, with those virtual portholes, mm-hmm. um, do they look like TVs or do they actually kind of have a frame around them to make them look like a porthole? Yeah, they're, they're, they've got a frame around them to make it look like a, like a window because nice. very few cabins these days have actually got round portholes, you know, they're, they tend to be quite big windows or or even like patio doors on a balcony. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it looks like it looks like a window. Uh, but with flat screen technology, obviously, um, you know, it's uh, it's possible to make that look like a window now. And uh, it's just yeah, it's just a, a really nice feature. I mean, you know, it takes away uh, gives you something a little bit special uh, rather than just having walls, you know, and feeling a bit claustrophobic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the magic and the wonder um, were kind of superseded or, or were added to. Um, Disney added another two ships, the the dream and the fantasy. Um, these ships were bigger. So 1,115 feet in length and an extra couple of decks, 14 decks. And they can carry up to 4,000 passengers uh, spread across 1,250 staterooms. And again, most of these are have got an ocean view or a veranda. And there's only about 12% of them that are actually interior staterooms or inside staterooms. And as I said, they've got the, the magical porthole that displays the live feed. The two larger ships have got um, a water coaster that they call the Aqueduct. Um, and that wraps around the ships uh, and they retrofitted a smaller version or a, a smaller slide onto the Magic called the Aqua Dunk in 2013. So these these water coasters, again, were kind of uh, a bit innovative and if you've been to Typhoon Lagoon, they've got something like it in the Crusher Gusher slides. It's a, it's a bit like that. Um, where you're actually kind of propelled through the tube of the ship, and it and it goes off the side. You can look down off the side as you're as you're uh, scooting around it. So again, you know, lots of um, lots of innovation, and uh, you know, lots of kind of different features that Disney have have brought to the cruise industry that are being copied by by other cruise lines. Obviously, um, the next ship is going to be uh, the first of three what they're calling Triton-class ships, and it's, it's going to be called the Disney Wish. It was due to be delivered in 2021, but now it looks like it's going to be 2022 because of the pandemic, obviously. Um, it's about the same size as the, the last two, the Dream and the Fantasy. It's about 4,000 passengers, same number of staterooms, about 1,250. Um, it's going to be a touch larger um, we we don't know a huge amount, but we're going to find out more this week. But there 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 have been a, a little video that Disney released, so we know that 
the main atrium is going to have some some Cinderella features. There's going to be each of the Disney ships has got a bronze statue in the main atrium, depending on what the ship is. Um, it's Mickey on one, for example, uh, and he's he's got like um, sailing like um, like a wet weather gear that a sailor would wear, and he's he's um, holding the the wheel of a ship. On this new ship, it's going to be Cinderella. And we know there's going to be some Cinderella theme in. There's a big chandelier, which is a bit like, uh, it's going to be um, covered in crystals. And it's a bit like the scene where the fairy godmother um, turns her rags into the dress, that that kind of swirly, magical, um, sparkly cloud that covers her. That's what the chandelier is going to look like. Um, and uh, we also know that Rapunzel is going to be on the back of the ship from the stern because there's always a character on the back of the ship. So we're going to find out a lot more about the Disney Dream, or sorry, the Disney Wish this week. And then there's another two similar ships to come later. Um, so we'll be watching that uh, in a couple of days' time. Now, talking about the Disney Cruise Line destinations, um, in a normal year, Disney has about 280 cruises, and these range from three nights to 14 night cruises. So it's quite a quite a wide variety of cruises. The, the Disney Dream, the latest ship, that's that's got the largest number of sailings. It does just over a hundred sailings. They're normally three or four nights cruises from Port Canaveral to the Bahamas. And one thing to say is Disney's actually got their own cruise terminal at Port Canaveral and again Disney being Disney it's um it's a beautiful terminal it's a kind of art deco themed terminal um very distinctive very different from the other cruise terminals and uh you know the cruise line buses are quite distinctive as well if you've seen those the buses take you from Walt Disney World to the cruise terminal and back again and they're they're done in the same color as the cruise ship. So the black, the white, uh, the red and the yellow. But the windows are actually, they seem to be round. They look like portholes uh, from the outside. Actually, from the inside, it's a, it's a clever trick they've done. It's like a stencil that's over the outside. So it looks like it's round or a small round porthole. But actually, you can see through from the inside. And they're actually quite big windows behind that. Um, so again, you know, Disney just being a little bit innovative there. Um, most of the cruises that go from Port Canaveral uh, will actually stop at Disney's private island. It's called Castaway Key. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a little bit. Um, so the Dream, it does three and four nights out of Port Canaveral. The Fantasy, it does some shorter sailings from Port Canaveral, but it also does longer sailings to different parts of the Caribbean. Um, it does an Eastern Caribbean route, which go to ports like Virgin Islands, Antigua, Puerto Rico, and St. Martin. It also does Western Caribbean sailings, which visit places like Grand Cayman, Mexico, and Jamaica. Um, and does it also does Southern Caribbean sailings, which go to places like St. Kitts, St. Lucia, Antigua, and the Virgin Islands. The Disney Wonder, it normally starts its year in Galveston in Texas, then goes to New Orleans, to Mexico and the Caribbean, and then it heads through the Panama Canal to California. Um, then it spends the spring uh, sailing from San Diego to Mexico, 
and then it moves up to Vancouver to do the summer Alaska savings from May through September. Uh, after that, then it heads back to San Diego, spends a little bit of time there in the fall, and then back through the Panama Canal to Galveston um, at the end of the year. The Disney Magic, uh, it it goes quite a few different places. It sails from Miami or on the Caribbean, but then it crosses the Atlantic in May, and it usually spends the summer in Europe. And obviously that's what it's going to be done this summer with these new cruises that we're going to hear about. Uh, later this week. Um, it does a number of different cruise itineraries uh, when it is in Europe. It does Northern Europe, the Mediterranean. It goes to places like Iceland, Norway, Greece, Finland, even Russia, Italy, Spain, um, England, obviously, uh, France. And then in September, it normally goes back to New York uh, and it sails from New York for a month or two uh, and it finishes the year in the Caribbean. Uh, does a couple of months there before it starts that cycle again. So, you know, depending on what you're looking for, the short cruise itineraries, long cruise itineraries, um, in a number of different a number of different areas, you can do Alaskan cruises, you can do Norwegian fjord cruises, med cruises. So they cover quite a wide range of gambit, a quite a wide range, considering that they've only got four ships, and it'll be interesting to see how they redeploy the ships when they get the fifth ship and then obviously later on six and the seventh ship. I've got to take a breath there. I have some of my rum. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, you know, this is your episode. So I didn't want to kind of interrupt uh, too much. But um, one thing that we have um, had discussions with before, we've had um, people like um, our beloved Wendy Prater mm-hmm. talking about cruises. And one of the things that, I'm uh, certainly aware of when the thing that I think about when I, I hear Disney cruises is uh, Castaway K. Yeah. Castaway Key. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously if you're on a European cruise, you're not going to be going there. Um, no. So if that's one of the, the things that you, you want to do as part of a cruise, mm-hmm. where would you, or what boat would you need to be on? So typically, I mean, the, the Disney dream, um, the big ship, the new, the newest uh, ship, um, or one of the newest ships, um, sailing out of Port Canaveral. So that that would typically stop at Castaway Key. So it would be one of those uh, uh, Caribbean cruises, probably from Port Canaveral. Um, and the the first cruise that we ever did was a Disney cruise, and it was a four night cruise from there from Port Canaveral. And it was, you got on the ship. So typically you get on the ship about lunchtime. Um, they, they board you in groups. And when you get on the ship, uh, you can go to the buffet and have lunch. And at some point in the afternoon, a couple of things will happen. You'll, you'll get your, uh, your stateroom or your cabin will be ready and you can get into it. Um, your bags are delivered to your stateroom. But then also they will do a safety drill. So everybody gets a life jacket on and they go to their muster station. So if there was an accident and you had to get in a lifeboat, you know where to go. It takes about 15, 20 minutes. Um, And then uh, there's a sail away party, normally about four or five o'clock, ship leaves the dock and off you go. Um, The next morning uh, we woke up and we were in uh, Nassau uh, and we spent the day there. 
And then I think the next day, I think we left Nassau about, again, about four or five o'clock. So you spend the whole day there and you sail overnight. And the next morning we woke up and we were arriving at Castaway Key and we spent the whole day there. And again, we left about four or five o'clock. The next day was a day at sea. And then, and then the following day, you're back at Port Canaveral. You get in very early in the morning and you're off the ship early. Obviously, they have to clean the ship and turn it around and the next guests board the same day. So um, it's a constant conveyor belt. But uh, yeah, so normally on those little uh, short cruises, three or four nights, there'll be one stop at, at uh, Castaway Key. And on some of the cruises, uh, they actually do a, a double dip so they make two stops. Um, they may, may make a stop on the way out and then make another one on the way back. Um, but yeah, it's a good thing to do. If you've never cruised, it's a great way to get a taste of it. And it's a good thing to add on to your holiday. Uh, you know, you could spend, we spent, I think, 11 nights in Walt Disney World. And then we did the four night cruise. And then I think we went back to Disney World for just two nights and then back home again. We didn't fancy coming straight off the ship and going to the airport and getting on getting on the plane, um, but certainly it's something you could combine with a with a Disney World holiday. Uh, Ryan, is there anything uh, so far that you wanted to kind of clarify or ask a question about? Yeah, I think for me, it's always been the thing. I think you've just kind of covered it so far. Actually, is it's knowing when to hit the go button when i'm in florida and obviously i love to spend two weeks at the theme parks and it's i've always seen it as like oh it's just it's four you know four or five days on a ship and it's it's days holiday that i have to either get more time off work or have to reduce my time at the park so i've never kind of hit go on it but yeah i I guess i've i've always had the stereotype that it's just going to be full of old people and the, the magic isn't going to be quite the same as it is in the parks but you know from the sounds of it the, mm-hmm. it's very opposite to that and I have to say the, the UK cruise has tempted me yeah I mean obviously UK cruise is going to be a bit different <clears throat> yeah you, know, you don't have the you don't have the um, the attraction of different ports and, and, and getting off at different ports but the ships are as I say, the ships are amazing and, you know, during a cruise, you'll normally have at least one sea day where, where you don't have any ports and that's a lot of fun. You know, you can just enjoy the ship and I'll talk a little bit about, you know, what goes on in the ship, but there's a huge, you know, there's a huge amount of activities and that's another one of the stereotypes I wanted to kind of talk about. A lot of people will say, in fact, PDABs said it a little bit, you know, what the hell am I going to do on the ship? You know, am I going to get bored? I, I've never found that. I mean, I've I've done I've only done four cruises, but one of them was a two week cruise, right? So I had fourteen nights on the same ship. Now we stopped uh, a number of different ports, but there was probably uh, I want to say it was like seven ports. So we had seven sea days in there as well. So we spent a solid seven days, not consecutively, but through the two weeks, spent seven days on the ship and. I was never bored. I mean, there's just stuff to do all the time. Um, fair amount of it involves eating, to be fair. So uh, you want to 
want to watch what you eat because they you're, you're fed constantly. Um, but there's lots of shows and activities and things like that. And we'll, we'll cover a little bit about that in a minute. Just to finish off next question, you know, about Castaway Key, you know, um, there's, there's quite a few things at Castaway Key. Uh, it's got a lot of facilities. I mean, there's a, there's a number of beaches, um, including an adults-only beach. Uh, so although it is a cruise line that specialises in families, there is some separation for adults, and that's true of the ship as well. We'll talk about that in a minute. But at Castaway Key, there's an adults-only beach, um, but there's other beaches, family beaches. Um, there's a running track. You can hire bikes. There's snorkeling. You can rent cabanas. You can have spa treatments. Uh, there's food on the island, which is included in the price of the cruise. Um, so you can have you know, lunch there. They have a, a really nice sort of barbecue lunch, ice cream, you know, whatever you want, soft drinks. Um, and they've got like parasailing, pedalos. There's a, I think there was a stingray interaction uh, excursion. Now, some of these cost extra. Uh, the basic visit to Castaway Key is included in your cruise um, and the food's included in the cruise and um, and that sort of thing but other activities are going to be are going to be an extra cost and when we were there and I don't think it's still there but when we were there um, the the model of the Black Pearl which is like a I don't know if it was full size but it was big um, the because Pirates of the Caribbean was still a fairly recent film at that time. Um, it was actually moored there. So you've got this sort of spooky-looking pirate ship. And Jack Sparrow, Captain Jack Sparrow, would pop up at times. So there'd be various characters on the island, but Captain Jack Sparrow was kind of there waiting for you to come off the ship and kind of ambushed you. And it was just a really fun interaction. We got some great photographs um, with, uh, with us and, and Jack Sparrow. Um, so the Castaway on, just, Key is, is a bit of a highlight for most people. Just, yeah, go on it. Just on that, um, because obviously like Ryan said about being a little bit apprehensive. I mean, Ryan, th this has one of your favourite things in the world. It has a dining plan. Well, yeah. yeah. In I essence. Say, I thought you were going to say booze, in which case. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. I, just, I suppose there was a few, a few things I could have gone with there. But, you know. You love your dining plan, right? And you know, I do. you essentially get a dining plan. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it does. It's 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 always something that, especially um, my wife has said, let's do it. But it's just been how we figure it into a two week trip. And I mean, I can take three, four weeks if I need to, but my wife's limited by two. So it's mm -hmm. always been trying to figure out that split that we that we struggle with, and whether yeah. we, whether we think about doing okay. Let's do just a cruise trip. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think, mean, I think it's sorry. Go ahead, mate. No, I was just going to say, I think really, and bear in mind, right? I'm I'm the person on here right now who's been the least amount of times, so, like to, to Disney World. I'm talking about. So, um, for me, it, you know, going on a on a two week trip to Disney is something I don't do very often, uh, obviously. Um, and, and so, thinking about throwing a cruise in there would be uh, it probably wouldn't be even something to, to consider. But for you guys that, you know, do go fairly regularly, I mean, 
as much as we love Disney parks, they don't change that often. So, you know, if you're going every year to two years, then it's probably quite easy to justify, well, there's not a lot of new stuff at the parks. We're still going to get, you know, nine, ten days enjoying the parks themselves. We can afford to do a cruise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time-wise, I, think, I, I mean, you're right. you know. Yeah. I think you're and, right. And the other... So, sorry, I was just going to say, with like okay. next, this this year, we're planning on doing our first like little family trip. You know, whether that goes ahead or not, let's assume it does. Next year, we've got kind of delayed trips, if you like, that m- might be happening with our friends and and my parents. But I think after that, is you know, Piper will be an age where she's two or three. I probably would consider kind of a cruise at that point, mm-hmm. just as part of that trip. I mean, if anything, it, it's just a bit of a change of scenery. It gives us a chance to relax because I think they have like crashes and things on on oh, the yeah. ship, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll cover that. Yeah, they've got lots of activities for kids of different ages. Yeah, but I mean the other alternative, of course, is you know you don't have to go to America to Florida to experience a Disney cruise. You can you can experience one of these other itineraries from the UK, which is or at least from Europe. It depends where the ship is, is docked. But uh, I think the first time, sorry, the second time we, second Disney cruise we took, uh, it was a week-long med cruise, and we got on at Barcelona. So we flew into Barcelona, and we had about three or four nights in Barcelona, which is a fantastic city anyway. Um, then you get on the ship for a week and get back off again at Barcelona. Um, so, you know, you, you get the same... Well, you get the same on-ship experience. Uh, mm. Obviously, you're getting different ports, uh, but it, it gives you an idea as to whether you like it or not, um, and you don't have to fly transatlantic to do it. But, so there's a couple of alternatives. I mean, as I say, we did a four-nighter, which we kind of stole a little bit from the theme park and added a little bit onto the holiday. So we had 11 nights and then four nights, and then we did two nights. So... It ended up being a little bit more than two weeks, but we could have shortened that up. We could have, you know, we could have done, we could have made it like seven nights in the park and then four nights and then two nights. I mean, you just got to think about uh, travel delays. So coming from the UK, you you don't want to be flying in and getting straight on the ship. Um, so you've got to have a little bit of a buffer just in case something happens to your flight. So for us, going to Disney first made sense and then getting on the ship. Um, now, we could have flown straight back out again after the cruise, but we decided, no, we'll just go back to Disney and have a, have a couple of days there. I don't know if that was the right thing or not. We had a good time, but it was very short, just having two days in Disney. We could probably have just gone straight home. So we could have had 11 days plus four days and you know, 15 days and we could have experienced quite a bit of time in the parks and then and then the cruise as well. So there's different options. It just depends how much time you can get away and how much money you want to spend because obviously adding that cruise on is going to bump up the overall cost of the holiday. Um, you know, Disney cruises aren't cheap. Um, obviously, the shorter cruises because the shorter are a little bit less expensive, but it's still a yeah. relatively expensive cruise line. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they price these UK cruises at. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know. 
can't make up my mind what they're going to do about that. Um, we're going to find out pretty soon now. Because they go, as you said, they are going to be very different to what yeah we'd not normally expect. But I think for me, I think the what we would probably do is when things return to normal is, is think about one of the European ones because you know mm-hmm. a lot of people. You know, I've been to a few places in Europe, but not as many as I would like. So if it stops yeah. at a few places I've not been to, then then perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the I mean the, the 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 cruise that we were on, one week Mediterranean cruise, it was full of Americans because it's perfect for them. Mm, you know, mm. they they get the the combination of an American ship, a Disney ship, so they they know Disney, they know it's a quality brand, they get a little bit of the character experience, they get the the shows at night, etc. But during the day. They're getting to see these amazing European ports that are, you know, fantastic for them. So, you know, we visited Rome. Um, we visited, uh, well, it was, it was uh, Naples. So you could visit either Naples or Pompeii. Uh, we visited, um, it was, the port was Villa Franche, but you could go to Cannes or um, uh, Monaco. Uh, from there so you know from an American's point of view the, the only problem was at the end of the week those guys were exhausted because every port they were getting off at the crack of dawn they mm. were going mega sight, sightseeing and then you know they come back on the ship at like five o'clock at night and then it's dinner and a show and by the end of the week they were just absolutely frazzled so um, with the with the different stop-offs do, do they have like planned itineraries or is it completely up to you as to what you want to do was it a mixture of the two yeah no the um there's planned itineraries so disney will run a whole range of excursions for every port obviously they're an extra cost um Mm. you don't have to take the disney excursion so for example when we had been to rome before not on a cruise but previously so we we knew a little bit about about rome um, the port that we arrived at is called Chitia Vecca, and it's it's a little bit away from Rome, all right? So um, we had arranged our own tour, and it was a lot, lot cheaper than, than Disney, but it was very good. I mean, the guys were there in a really nice sort of Mercedes minivan. There was uh, seven of us, seven of us in, in, in our group, uh, they were waiting for us when the ship arrived. They took us into Rome. We had a tour guide, took us around the, the main sites, got us into the uh, Vatican Museum, um, you know, uh, took us for lunch, uh, supplied us with drinks through the day, you know, soft drinks. Um, we saw, we basically saw Rome in a day and then, and then back at night uh, to the port. Now, the only thing about that is if you decide to do your own thing, and this is true for any cruise line, not just Disney, if you decide to do your own thing and you're late, the ship's gone, right? Mm. They don't they don't wait for you. If you take a Disney excursion and anything happens, obviously they're obliged to wait for you. So that's the only thing you've got to think about. They will not wait. And if you go on YouTube and just Google it, you'll see videos of people literally running up the pier as the ship pulls away. They're gone, bye-bye. So you've got to get yourself to wherever that next port is to get back on the ship again. And that's at your expense, 
um, mm. Disney won't take anything to do with it. So I can actually tell you a story about that. Mm-hmm. So on the uh, the first one I've ever been on a, and it was a small cruise ship when I went to uh, Sweden on yeah. the way to Norway. And on the return leg, um, again, we had to go from Norway to Sweden. And uh, my dad missed the, the turning um, on the motorway to get to the port. So mm. he's like, okay, well, we'll carry on and we'll just have to, you know, come back and whatever. Well, it took about an hour to do that. <laughs> yeah. um, and by the time we uh, were able to get back to where we needed to be, uh, the ship had gone. Yeah. And we had to, we asked what we could we could do because the next, sh- this was on a Monday and the next ship leaving um, from Norway to go back, to, uh, from Sweden to go back to England was the, the next Monday, which was oh, no good for anyone. So yeah. um, we had to get another ship uh, from Sweden to Denmark and then drive through Denmark to another port and then catch the boat there the next day, which we did mm. manage to do, thankfully. Um, otherwise, that would have been a very expensive and uh, long diversion. So, yeah, don't yeah. don't miss your ship, guys. No, don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, let's keep going then. Um, just talk a lot about about the cabins. So the you know the accommodation that you get on the ship. Um, Disney, there's there's essentially kind of five types of cabins. There is actually a little bit more than this, but just to simplify it. So you've got an inside cabin, which we've talked about. Um, so it doesn't have any view of the ocean, but if you're lucky, it's got a, a virtual porthole, like we've talked about. You've got an ocean view cabin, which is which has got a window, a big window, um, which looks out the ship. Then you've got a veranda cabin, so you've got your own veranda, and then you've got concierge, family, ocean view staterooms, and then concierge suites, and there are different sizes suites. The cabins start at about 169 square feet for a standard cabin, and they go right up to nearly 1,800 square feet for, like, the Royal Suite. Um, but those things are megabucks. So the sweet spot's probably, um, you know, a cabin or just over 200, 200 square feet, and that usually comes with a queen bed, a single uh, sofa sleeper. So it's a sofa during the day, and it pulls out to a single bed at night. And then um, some of the cabins have an upper berth, so it's there's a bed actually up in the ceiling which just pulls down, so it forms like a like a bunk bed with the sleeper sofa. So you can sleep up to four people normally in in a cabin. Uh, you can get cabins with connecting doors, so if you've got a bigger group, you can try and get the cabins uh, connecting to one another, which is quite an economical way of doing it. Or you're going to have to go up to a a bigger stateroom, um, like a suite type stateroom, but they become they become very expensive very quickly. Uh, for us, we've only ever stayed in the ocean view cabin, so we've got a, a big window looking out, which is fantastic. But we've never we've never had an inside cabin, we've never had a veranda cabin. Um, usually, it's just ocean view, and and that's fine for us. Um, it is great waking up in the morning and you're coming into port. I mean, or just looking up and seeing uh, ships. Actually, that, yeah, no, that's right. On Disney ship, we've never had a veranda, but we have actually had a veranda on a celebrity cruise, which was good as well. Um, and and you you know, 
it just depends how much money you want to spend. But for most people, an ocean view or a or a veranda cabin is is probably what what you're going to go for. There is concierge service where you get all sorts of perks, but again, you know, you're going to pay for that. But it gets you, it does get you, um, uh dedicated sort of check-in area you get on the ship earlier there's a concierge lounge you get food stocked there through the day and drinks uh you get early access to book certain things um specialty dining which we'll talk about in a minute um but um for most people you know a regular cabin is 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 good enough and and is very good uh you've got your own little bathroom uh with, with a tub and a shower um, they're very small, but but they do the job. And the cabins are, are really nice. I mean, you know, nicely decorated. You've got all the mod cons. You've got a little TV, little fridge. Um, you ha- you get your own uh, cabin steward as well. So uh, when you leave in the morning, your steward will come in and will make your bed and change the towels and clean the bathroom, etc. But they will also come in at night. And if you've got like a third person or a fourth person in the cabin, they will they will make the bed. So they will open up the sofa bed, get that ready, or or bring down the the one from the ceiling, and get all that ready for you. And it's a bit of like mousekeeping at Disney World, or at least how it used to be. You know, they'll make up little towel animals, and they'll put little chocolates on your bed, and um, you get a daily you get a navigator, or at least you used to. It's becoming more electronic now, but. You get a thing called the Navigator, which is like a daily program of events. So your steward would normally put that on your bed at night and you've got that for the next day. And it tells you everything that's going on in the ship, you know, all the activities, movies, shows, games, quizzes, whatever, whatever it is. Um, so uh, it's, it's nice. And the, 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 the staff are really good. I mean, um, they definitely, I mean, obviously they, they, they want to please you. They want to be tipped, you know, through the cruise. And we'll talk about how Disney does its tipping in a minute. Um, but the service is, is really good on the ships, in the restaurants, in the cabins, everywhere. Um, okay. Any questions about the accommodation or the cabins, anything like that? No, no, sound, sound good to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds good. Okay, so moving on to restaurants and dining. So food, I mean, you will not go hungry on a Disney cruise, right? I mean, Ryan, it's it's the dining plan on steroids while having, you know, amphetamines to, to mix in with the steroids, right? Um, one, of the, one of the big innovations that Disney did was they invented something called rotational dining. So on most cruise lines, You've got like one big main dining room and then you have a main sort of buffet casual restaurant. So the way it would normally work is you would go to the buffet restaurant for your breakfast, um, maybe for your lunch, and then you'd go to the main dining room for your dinner. And there'd be different settings, usually two or three sittings. Um, And then in addition to that, there would be speciality restaurants, which you would pay extra for on the ship, right? So that, that would be how a normal cruise ship would do. Disney have actually got three main dining rooms on their ships, and each dining room is is themed in, in a different way. Um, but what's, what's also different about it is you rotate through the three main restaurants on a rota. So it depends how many 
how many nights you're on the cruise ship for, but let's say it's a four-night cruise. You will do each restaurant once, and then you will do, you go back to the beginning again. So if it's a four-night cruise, you'll do one restaurant twice, and you'll do the other two restaurants once each on a rotation. But you don't just rotate through each restaurant. The wait staff rotate through each restaurant with you. So your, your server is the same server right throughout the cruise. When you move to a new restaurant, they move to the restaurant with you. Um, and it works really well. So by the end of the cruise, even if it's a short cruise, the servers know you and you know them and they know what you like and they're really good. I mean, they know if you like a particular drink and they have it waiting for you or they know if you if you like something like meat done well or done rare or, you know, whatever. So um, they really go, or not at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, that, that's the sort of thing, you know, anything like that, any food requests, allergies, whatever, you know, they obviously know, they know all of that. But um, it is quite a, quite an interesting concept. Um, the restaurants are really well themed. The one that, that I remember fondly is um, Animator's Palette. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of different ones you've got, in each ship the lineup's slightly different, but the Disney Dream, for example, has got Animator's Palette, uh, the Enchanted Garden, which is inspired by the Gardens of Versailles, and the Royal Palace, which is a, a Disney princess-inspired one. But Animator's Palette is really clever. When you when you walk into the restaurant, it's all, all about animation. So all around the walls and on the tables, there's all sketches of different Disney characters, but it's all in black and white. And the wait staff have got um, outfits, have got uniforms, which are all black and white, so like black trousers, but there's a waistcoat, and the waistcoat has got pencil-drawn figures on it. As the meal progresses, colour slowly comes into the different um, parts of the restaurant. So the, the walls have actually got screens built into them, and the, the drawings change from black and white sketches. They slowly change to colour. And in between the different courses, the wait staff change various parts of their outfits. And by the end of the meal, everything, color it's just like a sea of color um so it's really really clever and and different restaurants have got different themes so again that's incredible yeah it's really good and it's it's just disney being disney you know they've just thought about it a little bit differently and you know it is it is a little bit different from your standard cruise line um okay there's like other cruise lines that you know you've got an early sitting and a late sitting but they will match that to the shows so you know, the, each show is run twice a night. So if you have an early sitting, you go to the late show. If you have a late sitting, you go to the early show and then the late sitting. So you, you don't you don't miss the shows. Um, one thing to say though, that so the food in the restaurants is you know is included in your uh, the price of the cruise. You can have whatever you want right on the menu, and if you want three main courses and two desserts, you can have three main courses and two desserts. If you, you know, if you want an extra dessert or you want to share a dessert, you can have that. They won't bat an eyelid, you know. They, you might feel guilty at asking for two main courses or three desserts or whatever, but they won't, um, they won't bat an eyelid. They'll just give you what you want, right? Um, so you can order as much as you like. You can order what you like and you can order it in, in whatever way you like. Um, soft drinks are included but 
obviously alcohol and speciality drinks are, are extra. Um, there is room service is free, so you can get room service as well. Uh, the menu is a little bit limited, but um, it's, it's pretty decent. Um, and then so, there's also... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, because on, on some cruises, you can get like a option where they will throw in kind of like alcohol as well. Is there like options for that on? Because I, I mean, I just like having that. Yeah. Yeah, like a drinks package. Um, yeah, the last yeah, yeah. time, Last time we did a Disney cruise, there wasn't a drink package. Um, so again, that's, a, that's another little difference. I don't know if they've changed that, but... Uh, the last time we were there, no, there, there wasn't a drinks package. I mean, well, there's got certainly got... To, you got to remember that, like, with these domestic ones, they're doing one of them, well, actually, two of them are leaving Liverpool and mm-hmm. Essex. Yeah. If there's not, you know, some kind of drinks package, there's going to be hell to pay. You can get a drink. Uh, but no, 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 I know. But like, whether there's a prepaid drinks yeah. package, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Like, we, we did that on celebrate the last cruise we went and it is really good you know you get drinks up to a certain value and includes you know alcoholic drinks cocktails etc um i don't believe that's where like like i like no like which is why i go for the dining plan i like knowing that i haven't got to pay for anything especially since they added the the drink and the meal which is great yeah yeah so you 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 do get some drinks included but uh, as I say, the last time we were there, they didn't have a drinks package. Um, that may have changed. I'll, I'll Google it quickly, but um, they are a little bit different in that respect. I mean, it is very family orientated. So, for example, you know, one of the big differences you'll see on a Disney ship is no casino. Right, mm. almost every cruise ship's got a casino, and it's a big money earner. There's no casinos on any of the Disney ships. Um, they just don't want that kind of activity going on. Um, okay, so uh, in addition to the three themed restaurants, you've, there's a there's a large buffet, uh, Cabana's buffet, and you can you can eat there for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, you can you know if you don't want to eat in one of the themed restaurants for whatever reason, um, you can have dinner in the buffet restaurant. Uh, they've got a wide selection of stuff. Um, it's it's very good. Um, you can eat in the main restaurant and then later on if you want a snack you can go to the buffet and, and have whatever you like you know nobody's nobody's watching you so it is the ultimate dining plan um, they got ice cream on deck uh, they got soft drinks on deck they should probably put uh, them in bowls or something station. like that <laughs> yeah that doesn't not sound very deck. hygienic yeah. to be honest it doesn't sound safe does it I mean there's yeah, your ice cream go and eat it yeah watch out for that ice cream yeah. it's on the deck um, in addition then they've got a couple of speciality restaurants depending on what ship you're on so the two speciality restaurants are Paolo and Remy uh, the larger ships the two larger ones have got both of those the smaller ships have only got Paolo these are really uh, good experiences we've eaten there on the two cruises that we went on but you have got a book it and you're limited to how much uh, you're limited to, the, to the, the bookings that you can have I think you can only have one booking but they do book up very, very quickly. Um, you have got to pay a little bit extra for that, but it's still very good value for money. I think I think the last time I looked, I think it was $40 uh, for dinner uh, or $99 if you wanted to add a wine pairing. But for the quality of food that you're getting, the service that you're getting, it's, it's as high-end, high-end dining. So for $40 a head, it's actually a pretty good deal. 
Um, there is a bit of a dress code in Paolo. Um, you've got to wear a jacket. Uh, you don't have to wear a tie, but you've got to wear a jacket and be sort of smart casual. Um, and uh, the reservations are hard to get, so you want to you want to book them as soon as you can. Um, and you can check back and see if anybody's cancelled. Uh, there's also coffee shops and snack shops. There's, um, you know, the, there's a, an ice cream place. There's a juice bar. There's like a burger place. Um, so there's there's lots of different eating options. And then, like I say, if you're if you're taking a Caribbean uh, cruise and you stop at, at uh, Castaway Key, then there's a there's a place on there that does like a massive uh, barbecue kind of lunch. Uh, so you will not be, you will not go hungry on the cruise. That's for sure. And the the one year that we went on that four night cruise, the first one we went on, it just happened to be that um, it was our wedding anniversary and my birthday because um, they're very close together during that cruise. And we, when you filled in the cruise paperwork, we we put that on there. It says, "Are oh, there any special occasions?" So we said, you know, anniversary on this date, birthday on this date not realising that they give you a cake for your birthday and your anniversary. Now, it's, it's probably changed. Now, this is a few years ago. I'm not talking about a little cupcake. I'm talking about a huge cake that would feed about 10 people, right? And we ended up with two of these cakes. We we, we didn't eat them. You know, we couldn't, we, we literally couldn't get rid of them. We were trying to give them away to people and nobody wanted them. Um, so I think they actually have, have actually realised that and, uh, potentially change that but um, just lots of nice little touches like that um, so lots of food um, lots of entertainment uh, there's there's bars on the ship uh, the exact bars will vary depending on what ships but there's like champagne bar wine bar um, you know they have events in the bars they have things like drink tasting classes and, and stuff like that Um I've already mentioned the theatres. So there's there's two theatres on each ship. You've got the Walt Disney Theatre where you have sort of Broadway Broadway style shows like Beauty and the Beast, Frozen, Tangled, etc. Um, and these are beautiful theatres, they're big. Um, but then there's also the Buena Vista Theatre where you can watch movies. And if if there's a Disney movie in the cinema, you will get that movie on the ship. So if it's a it's a current release, you will get that movie on the ship. Uh, and they they do three D as well, I believe. Um, yeah, I think um, I think my friends went when uh, Civil War, uh, not Civil War, um, Infinity War mm-hmm. came out, um, and I think it was like the weekend that film had come out. So they yeah. were a bit gutted they were going to miss it, and uh, yeah. sure enough, they watched it on the boat. Yeah, yeah, we saw. I think it was Tangled. Um, that was that was in the cinema with the first on that first cruise we went on, and uh, we saw that on the ship, which was which was great. Um, on most cruises, they have a pirate night, which is which is a bit of a staple, and that's really good. So it's a good thing to know that because we did know about it, and we took uh, stuff to dress up, and everybody dresses up as a pirate, right? No matter what, kids, people in the eighties, whatever, get dressed up as a pirate. There's a pirate themed menu, so the I've still got the menu. It's like a treasure map. Um, you get it on your table and it, it's all tied up with a piece of string. You unroll it and it, it gives you the menu. Uh, so it's a pirate-themed meal. 
and then you go up on deck and there's they've got different things going on on deck. They have a little show. They have uh, Mickey slides down like a zip wire and they have fireworks at sea. So um, obviously it's not wishes, but it's it's still nice uh, on deck. And then they finish it with a, a huge dessert buffet. I mean, they had everything on there that you can imagine. They had ice sculptures and every kind of cake and dessert that you can imagine. Really good. So Pirate Night is a, is a good one. But make sure you take stuff to dress up with. Uh, you can meet the characters on board. And again, usually find that in, in your navigator, which which I believe is moving to, or has moved to um, like an app. So it used to be a paper thing. That's, that's an app. There's a fitness center on board to work off some of the food. Uh, there's a spa. Obviously, the spa for treatments, you've got to pay extra. Um, but uh, it's another census spa. There's a Bibbidi Bobbidi boutique on board. Uh, you got the water slides I talked about. You've got pools. There's a couple of different pools. I mean, the pools are small, but that's true of any cruise ship. Um, but they also have an adults-only area, so there's an adults-only pool and hot tub, um, which is which is nice. Uh, there's there's bars out there on the deck as well, and there's a huge movie screen. So at night they'll actually play movies on the screen, and it's it is actually really quite nice lying on a sun lounger at night. Under the stars as the ship cruises along and watch a movie. Uh, it's quite cool. There's a sports deck. You can play basketball. There's like miniature golf and sports simulators. Um, and then Ryan talked about like kids programs. So you've got a couple of different things. There's there's the Oceaneers Club and Oceaneers Lab. That's for three to twelve. Um, and you've got all sorts of things going on in there. Video games slides all sorts of programs surprise character visits you know the kids need to be potty trained to to go to that club uh you don't need an appointment you can just uh take them there um it stays open pretty late so it's uh it's good if if parents need to do something with their kids while they go to the show or have a meal at Powell or whatever um let's see uh, when the kids are eight, they have the option of checking themselves in and out of the club. Otherwise, you know, they need to be checked in and out. Then there's a there's a tween club called the Edge. So that's kind of 11 to 14s. Um, they've got all sorts of things there, video games, dance parties, crafts, trivia, all sorts of stuff. Um, then there's a Vibe teen club. That's from 14 to 17. Um, it's got its own pool located at the front of the ship. Um, again, you've got like lettuce on loungers, dance parties, smoothie making, all sorts of all sorts of different things. And then you've got it's a small world nursery for kids from six months up to three years. Um, so there's a nursery, a nursery there as well. So tons of options for kids. And uh, I guess what we had, particularly for the teenagers, you know, they go on a cruise and they meet all these other teenagers. So it's great for them just getting to know other people. And um, especially if they're maybe, you know, they don't have any brothers or sisters. Um, so you won't be stuck for uh, for options on on a Disney cruise for to keep the kids happy. Nightlife. Um, it, there is nightlife. Uh, it's not, it's not, a. it maybe isn't as hectic as, some other cruise lines, um, you know, is mainly families. 
but there are activities for for the adults um you know there's there's clubs at night they have trivia uh competitions they have uh different kind of activities sometimes they have comedians and things like that um but it's not it's not a party boat you know it's not really going to be as as hectic as something like a carnival cruise or a royal caribbean cruise uh, but they got some nice venues and, and some good stuff going on. Okay. Um, just hitting a couple other things then. Um, Disney Disney Cruise Line, you talked about gratuity. So you've, you've got your uh, steward who takes care of your cabin and then you've got the servers who take care of your dinner. So Disney kind of um, tells you really what you should be, you should be tipping them. It's a, it's a fixed fee so it's normally about 13 and a half dollars per person per day and it gets added to your final bill so you don't need to worry about it you know it just it just happens automatically now if you're unhappy with the service you can lower the amount or or even you can even up you know increase it if you really want to um you need to go to guest service guest services to do that but you you can do it um and uh, you know, there's there's other places where you don't uh, well the club tip isn't included. So um, sorry, the tip is included. So if you go to the spa, there's an eighteen percent gratuity added there. If uh, if you go to the bar, there's a fifteen percent gratuity added there. So it's always kind of automatic. Um, you can you can give more if you want, or you can give less if you want. But the, it's a bit like the dining plan, where there's an automatic eighteen percent added. Um, and if you go to Paolo and Remy, there is some gratuity included there, but you may want to give a little bit more to that to that one because that's a bit of a kind of token gesture. Um, there's Wi-Fi. Uh, Wi-Fi on the ship, you've you've really got to uh, pay for it. It's really expensive. So it's better if you avoid the Wi-Fi if you can, or if you use Wi-Fi in port. Uh, but there is Wi-Fi packages available. It just isn't that great, and it is really expensive. Um, it's surprising that that in today's day and age that there isn't some kind of free option. Yeah, it's um, it's becoming it's becoming more and more common that cruise lines include it. You know, they have deals where they'll say. Um, you know, Wi-Fi included, or drinks package included, or tips included. So it is becoming is becoming more and more common, but it still is a bit of a premium on some cruise lines. And as far as I know, that's still true for Disney as well. Um, be, but honest, we, we never had a problem. Same, it's the same with flights, though. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's most, true. That's true. Most flights charge you for Wi-Fi, and um, mm-hmm. I've used it once, and it was cack. Yeah, it is. It's not great. I mean, it really depends on the cruise as well. So if you're if you're on a cruise that's got a lot of stops, you know, a lot of port stops, then you know you just get off the ship and you'll find a bar that's got Wi-Fi. Go for a coffee or a beer or whatever. Um, you can upload, download, do what you need to do, and then get back on the ship again. So it's it's actually quite nice to to be away from it really for uh, for a period of time. But uh, if you really need it then you need to look into how much it costs because it, it is pretty expensive and you know you use up your allowances pretty quick as well. Uh, there is a 
a carry-on drinks policy. So if you're 21 years of age or older, you can bring on a maximum of two bottles of unopened wine or champagne or six beers um, at the beginning of the voyage and each port uh, port of call. Um, I was going to be my to... question, actually. Does that, does that include each port? Because that, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. It does include each, each port. Um, you can consume the wine um, in the dining room if you want. So you can, you can, you know, bring your own wine on and you can have it at dinner, uh, but they'll charge you corkage. It's about $25 a bottle. So uh, you just got to bear that in mind if you want to, if you want to have that wine with your meal. Um, yeah, don't buy a cheap bottle of wine. No, no. It's almost worth buying an expensive one just to make the $25 for the corkage yeah. fee seem insignificant. Uh, smoking is allowed on board, but only in very select areas. Um, it's forbidden in the cabins and, and even on the cabin balconies. And if you violate it, you'll be charged $250 to clean the cabin. Um, laundry, you can get your laundry done for an additional fee. Um, they'll pick it up and deliver it again. Um, there is actually a 24-hour self-service laundry equipped with washers and dryers, just like you get at the resorts. Um, and they've got ironing, an ironing board, etc. Um, so uh, that's there. Um, the currency on the ship is dollars uh, because it's obviously an American ship. Uh, but you don't really need a lot of cash. You don't need any cash on the ship. You can just charge everything to your room. You use your your key card uh, to, to do that. Um, you only really need cash when you're in port. Um, everything else can be can be charged to your room and you can you put a credit card on your room when you uh, when you check in and drinking age is normally 21 but uh, sometimes they lower it on the European cruises to 18 or 20 um, dress code is casual uh, very casual really uh, even in the evenings they call it cruise casual so it just means you know don't don't go to dinner in the evening wearing your speedos right you're, you're not going to be very very popular there but you can wear shorts um you can wear like a polo shirt um they have on, on longer cruises they have a formal night um but it's only encouraged it's not required so if you don't want to do it you don't need to do it uh but you, you find a lot of people will dress up uh they just use it as an excuse to dress up and, and have a good time so you'll see people in suits or jackets and shirts, ladies in cocktail dresses, that sort of thing. And then don't forget the pirate night, bring your pirate gear. Uh, Disney's also got a loyalty program. It's called the Castaway Club. Uh, and there's a number of different levels. Uh, silver for one cruise completed, gold for five, platinum for 10. Um, and as you go up in status, you get different perks. So you get earlier access to booking cruises or activities, which is great for getting things like, you know, the some of the hard to get stuff like the cabanas at Castaway Key. Um, uh, you get like a gift when you come on board. We, because we'd done two cruises, we were silver members. And when we got on board, they gave us each like a backpack. And there was a couple of different things in the backpack, like key ring and a couple of other sort of things to eat. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was 
couple of quite nice little things. Um, let's see what else. When you when you book a cruise, uh, typically the earlier you book, the better the prices are. It 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 does. The price normally goes up the nearer you get to sailing. Um, so if you are thinking about a cruise, the earlier you can look into it and book it, the better. Um, it's good to think about maybe using a, a travel agent uh, because sometimes you'll get like an extra onboard credit that the travel agent will actually uh, fund. Uh, so sometimes you can get like a $200 onboard credit uh, in addition to whatever deal you can get. But yeah, the, the strategy normally is the sooner you can book a Disney cruise or any cruise, uh, the better, because prices usually only go up. Um, and obviously the cost varies on you know how long you're going for and how many people and what kind of stateroom you're going to get. So the, the prices are, are really... I can't really give you an average price because it really depends, you know, what, what you're doing. But, uh, yeah, i got some some top tips as well. Just remember that every restaurant is is all you can eat. So um, if you if if there's two desserts and you can't decide which one you want, have them both or have one and share the other one with somebody. Uh, don't forget about the tipping. Tipping is... Um, a kind of set amount included in your bill, but you can tip less if you if you really feel strongly about that. Um, don't miss the fireworks. Don't miss the pirate night. It's it's a good night. Uh, make sure you research the staterooms. Um, you know some of the some of the staterooms are better than others, depending on on where you want to be. You know you don't want a stateroom that's right beside an elevator because it could be noisy or, you know. So have a look at the deck plans and try and figure out where you want to be. Paolo or Remy is is really good, so try and get the reservation if you can. Uh, don't skip the shows because they are they are good. You might not like all of them, but uh, you'll probably find that they're of a good quality and they're, they're quite entertaining. And Definitely if you're taking kids, kids will like it. Use the Navigator, um, whether it's app or paper, it doesn't matter, but, but look at that the night before because you can, there's a lot going on and you can easily miss stuff. You can think, oh crap, I, I didn't know that was going on. And they have some fun things like, you know, trivia competitions and stuff like that. You can win little prizes. Um, take a bit of time to look around the ship. They are, they are absolutely beautiful. And um, it really is worth getting up early one morning before everybody's about, um, even if you don't feel like it, but getting up early and watching the sunrise uh, on the ship, on the top deck of the ship, it's just incredible. And then, have a walk around with a coffee, get yourself a coffee, and just stroll on the deck. It's um, it's it's well worth it. Uh, and again, at night, it's uh, it's great walking around the deck at night, uh, particularly if you're somewhere warm and hot. Maybe not quite so good if you're doing a, a Baltic cruise, but uh, again, it's uh, it's something to do. So that's about it, really. Covered a lot of ground there. Uh, an awful lot of ground um, yeah that's a beginner's guide and an expert's guide I think all kind of rolled We're into one. one yeah but um, before we convince me well there you go there you <laughs> go you've you've already turned one person and as Ryan said earlier and we've mentioned a couple of times um, 
you know, we are about to hear about um, the prices of mm-hmm. the the UK only cruises. So we now know what is going on. Um, there's been a lot of uh, confusion, I think, at times because they released some dates that the cruises were going to start from. And now some of them have been bumped months and months later than uh, planned. Mm. Uh, and they've also announced uh, a load of conditions. I was going to say terms and conditions, but terms and conditions isn't probably isn't the right turn of phrase, but definitely yeah. conditions uh, yeah. about how these cruises are going to operate. So mm. um, what can you tell us about that? Right. Um, okay. So obviously uh, the cruises are only open to UK residents. So that's kind of the first condition as it were um the uh the guests uh need to be vaccinated if they are over 18 i think i think that's right yeah so over 18 you have to have completed your vaccinations which means uh you have to have had your second vaccination at least seven days before you sail. Uh, you will then be tested at the terminal before you get on the ship again. They do a rapid antigen test, I think it is, before you get on the ship. Uh, during the cruise, they'll be they'll, they'll, they'll potentially be taking temperatures. Um, there's obviously cleaning processes in place. You're going to need to make reservations for lots of different activities. Now that isn't completely clear yet, I don't believe, but I would imagine that's things like maybe if you want to go to the gym, if you go to the theater, you know, they are going to have social distancing in place. You need to wear masks, um, except when you are obviously eating or drinking. Uh, I think you're allowed to take off your masks outdoors. Is that right? Or is it only when you're stationary? You guys remember? Just trying to find um, it. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that one. Uh, let me see. Okay. Hang on. Health and Okay. Oh, I'll have to, I'll have to come back to that. But definitely there is, there is mask mask wearing needed um, in in most situations apart from you know when you're you're actively eating or drinking and then I think you've got to be got to be stationary uh, you can't be walking around uh, so there is a mask policy um, and obviously some of the it'd be interesting to find out just exactly you know what they're going to have because it's, it's going to be a staycation, so you're going to be on the ship. You won't be getting off. There's no ports to visit. So all the entertainment is going to be on the ship, but it's going to have to be socially distanced. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they manage that. I would imagine that in the theatre, for example, they maybe have to have more shows or maybe the, maybe the number of people on the ship will be reduced to, to make sure that you can have empty seats around you when, you, when you're sitting in a theatre or the, the movie theatre. The thing is, I was thinking is, I don't know many families or many households where 
everyone has will have the second guaranteed to have mm. the second vaccine in time. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're fortunate slash unfortunate in that both Donna and I have long term illnesses and we'll both I mean I'm my second vaccine is this coming weekend Donna's will not be, will be not too long after but yeah. everyone else I know hasn't even, hasn't even had the first one you know certainly people from my friends my age yeah well they're just about to um they're rolling out the vaccine now to the um the over 40s aren't they and it's 44 I think currently yeah okay yeah. I know they said that they reckon they'll be able to do it to people over the age of 30 in the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. so it is it's amping up it is amping up i mean again a bit like you ryan we got our vaccines because we look after a child with um, mm. a disability so we we got our vaccines as carers but you're right in that there's a lot of people and it does seem to vary across the country as well yeah. because i have heard of people that are um, you know, my up oh, my Ryan's kind of age loose today. Um under the age of 40, let's say that. And mm-hmm. they're already getting their vaccines without mm-hmm. any uh conditions because mm-hmm. they are now ready to roll it out to that age group. So yeah, I think it does it does vary, but um I mean the first so now that the they've they've changed the the dates. Yeah. So Liverpool is between the 15th and the 30th of July. Yeah. So as you specified, there are um two, three, and four day sailings. There's only one four day um yeah. one for, for Liverpool. But um you know that that means you have to have had both your vaccines by then. Yeah. Um now for for example I my my second vaccine is towards the middle of june i think yeah so i I would be able to make the the liverpool cruise um if if i wanted to but like ryan said a lot of people aren't going to be in that same um position no no Um, that's going to be tight because that's you know we so for me that's just about when i'll be getting my second vaccine i'll begin in a july i think it will be interesting to see Mm. if um so obviously these go on sale on the 30th of April, if you listen yeah. to this episode. Yeah. So a lot of people probably want to book, mm-hmm. but are worried about whether they'll be vaccinated in time. So I wonder yeah. if there'll be a policy similar to what we've seen with, you know, trips to Disneyland Paris and that, where mm-hmm. if you can't, they'll, you know, give you a credit for a future date. Yeah. Um, or or you know it, it could be like a, a, you, you lose a bit of the, you know might have a deposit you have to put down um, and you'll lose that deposit if you if you can't go um, I don't know like they, they haven't specified that but that's that's where it'll be a bit interesting because um, like uh, one of our listeners Ash you know brought that to our attention you know he doesn't know when he's going to get his vaccine yet um, he is in the over thirties category, and he wants to book. But you know, unless there's something in that to say, if you've not been, you're not going to be penalised or or something, then you know it's gonna it's gonna make people reluctant to to want to book. Yeah, I, I was dodging. I mean, I I don't think you would. I can't imagine Disney letting you off the hook if. Um... 
if you book it, you, then you can't no. have your vaccine by then. And I can't imagine any insurance policy covering you for but that. The, but the problem is we are at the beck and call. I mean, we saw, I think it was the beginning of April, you know, they, they turned around and said, you know, there's going to be a shortage of vaccines. So um, we know that we can vaccinate this many people, but, you know, we might not be able to take any any bookings around this time. So you could book it. As I said, I, you know, I've got a date for when my second vaccine is. So I would be quite comfortable in, in booking a cruise. But what if what if it got delayed? What if supplies ran out? That wouldn't be, uh, you know, because of something that we had done, mm. but something that had happened with the vaccine program, which we're all relying on. Yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, the the ship is is. You know, it's one of the smaller ships in terms of Disney fleet. Um, and if they're going to have social distancing, presumably they're going to have to reduce the numbers. I don't think it's going to be a fully loaded ship. Don't see how you can do that. You're never going to be able to maintain social distancing. So they're possibly just banking on the fact that there's going to be a high demand. People, people want to do it, but actually... There's only a limited number of places, so there'll be enough people that are in a situation where they have had their vaccine and they know they're going to, like, you know, like yourself, they'll have a date for the second one and they'll think, right, okay, we, we should be okay for that. Um, and they, they'll be willing to take the chance. But even in that scenario, though, it's, it is a bit tight, you know? You, you're going to have to, unless, unless, like you say, there's like a, a cancellation clause that says, if for no reason, for no fault of your own, your vaccination gets delayed, we'll we'll let you off the hook. Um, it, it might be that they've just they've just gone a bit too early, you know. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if you just released, uh, open the door, and, and Boniface came out of the toilet or not, but uh, that that was that was an interesting uh, noise in the background. But um, just opened the door. Oh right, yeah, I didn't know. If that, I didn't know if that was Boniface finally escaping. No, the, no, uh... I just, I just wanted to grab another drink, so I just, I just opened the door. Hey, it's been, Sorry, it's been a long one. You, you, you deserve it. Um, mm-hmm. so as I said, fifteenth to the thirtieth of July is Liverpool. Yeah. Um, Southampton is between the fourth and thirtieth of August. Uh, Newcastle is the third of September to the eleventh of September. Um, and then London Tilbury is the 14th of September to the 1st of October. So the, both of those were due to be earlier, but they've obviously now been moved yeah. out later. Again, probably to give people uh, more of a chance of actually being able to um, to do this. They have said as well that there will be certain experiences which will not be um, available mm. as well as part of this. Yeah. So... Um, I mean, they're saying there's, there'll be special moments of Disney characters. I'm expecting it to be similar to what we've seen in the parts in that you can't have uh, regular photos with them. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. We will, we will see on I that. I, uh, I would agree in principle, but in theory, everyone, everyone on board is fully vaccinated and the children that are mm-hmm. on board have to have a proper full COVID test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it's true. Yeah, you, it's, you there's think... a lot of restrictions for and a high cost for yeah. it's not being able to meet and, and adults to be fair not being able to meet characters properly but I agree yeah. with you I think it's, it's probably what they're going to do yeah 
Yeah. Hey, we'll find out pretty soon. Actually, for platinum mm. members, they can actually book on the twenty eighth. Um, silver members on the sorry, gold members. Yeah, platinum and gold members on the twenty eighth. Silver members on the twenty ninth, and everybody else on the thirtieth. So uh, it's it's imminent. We'll find out. Yeah. Okay, so I've just found this on the website. So they've extended the final payment. So for UK Disney Magic and Sea sailings, the deadline for final payment is extended until third days prior to sailing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for UK Disney Magic at Sea sailings, guests who cancel before the final payment deadline can receive a full refund without mm. Disney imposed cancellation fees, excluding select room categories. But still, thirty days. You know, I mean, you, you're well, no. That's that's the thirty days is the extended final payment. So yeah. What it's saying is, is that the deadline for the pay, final payment um, is is you, you'll be able to do it thirty days before you go. Yeah. But you can cancel before that final payment deadline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's but, a month. But what I mean that's, is, I think it's because good. Yeah, it's pretty good, but I mean, you won't have had your second vaccination thirty days before you go, so you you will get past the thirty days before you have your well, second vaccination. So if something goes wrong with that, you're already inside the thirty days. Well, I'm days. fine. That's, that's the issue. I'm fine myself because mm. I wouldn't be going to Liverpool uh, if mm-hmm. I was doing this. I'd be going from uh, London Tilbury. Yeah, which isn't in London, by the way. Yeah, so keep saying to people. Um, so the thing is, you know, I I wouldn't be going until September. Yeah. So I would know fully, you know, well in advance. And and what it actually says here, so um, cancellation for schedule, um, cancellation free schedule is as follows: thirty days or more, full refund with no fee. Twenty nine to fifteen days before, seventy five percent of booking price per guest, and fourteen days or less, one hundred percent of booking price per guest. Yeah. So, so you know, you would yeah. need to you would need to do it beforehand. But I think the thing is, considering you don't have to pay until you know you've got that that longer period to pay, mm. and as long as you cancel before that, you're going to not get penalised at all. Yeah, I think that's probably a good safety net for a lot of people because mm. like people like Ash, who you know at this moment do not know when they're going to get their first vaccine. And let's be honest, at the moment, you know, when, when I had to book my second appointment, I knew when it was going to be, and I think it's about two months after my first one, roughly. So the thing is, if that schedule carries on, and it, of course they're trying to increase the the supply at the moment, then, you know, if you have your first vaccine in like the end of, like towards the end of July, and you know when you're going to get your your second dose. Yeah, you'll know at that point whether or not it's too risky. You know whether or not you're going to make it or not. If your if your payment date is thirty five days before your second vaccine, mm-hmm. you could wait right until that point, and as long as you've had your second vaccine, you know you're fine. Yeah, but but at the same time, if you if you don't have that that window, then it is it is playing but at least there's the option i suppose at least there's mm-hmm. at least there's the option there yeah so yeah. well i think i think just given the limited number of cruises the limited number of people it's probably going to be enough people that have been vaccinated that think yeah i'm going to go for it 
But it will be interesting to see on those early cruises. I think the later cruises will fill up first, right? Because people will think, right, I know I'm okay then. I've been vaccinated. Everybody's been vaccinated and we're ready to go. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see those early July ones, whether or mid July mm-hmm. ones, whether they fill up quickly or not. Well, the so I just looked at the um, special moment with Disney characters. So mm. um, it is very much a case of you're not going to be getting photos with them. Um, yeah. Character sightings throughout the ship. Uh, Princess Promenade, where it says, uh, Princesses wave to guests on the atrium as they enter Lumiere's for dinner. Um, yeah. And Toy Story encounters, you've got a friend in Woody and Jesse, so be sure and get a self. Uh, <laughs> I'm reading this, so don't blame me for the language. So be sure and get a selfie with these beloved Toy Story characters. So that is very much... Yeah, yeah distance, can, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I can't see... Uh, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm missing it. I can't see a, a mask mandate on here. In, obviously, there will be a mask mandate, but what I mean is is I can't see... Uh, oh, hang on. All guests age 11 and older required to wear face covering on the ship. And our terminals, unless in their stateroom, eating or drinking in a designated seating area, or while stationary, swimming or occupying a deck chair. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's Interesting that deck chairs protect you from COVID. It's, um, just going back to the payment thing, it looks like I was just looking at my Disney World trip that I booked the other day. It looks like they've closed 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 up the gap on that as well. Um, Technically, I'd be paying for my trip the same month that I'd be leaving for my trip, so it's 30 days out as well. Mm. I'm sure it was more than that before. I think I used to be, I'm sure it used to be like 180 days, isn't it, Mr. Day? Uh, for think, what? I, for payment? Dis- yeah. Disney World it was, was 180 days. Yeah, it was 180 <laughs> days for booking ADRs. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, 60 days rings a bell for, for final payment, yeah. Okay. I so think so. so. They've halved that as well. Yeah. Um, well, it's going to be interesting. We got, um, we did get some questions, but but quite frankly, um, Mr. D is running out of uh, voice and it's a, it's a long show, so we can't answer. Some of those were, though, uh, about mm. what we've talked yeah. about and also, <laughs> and Mr. D's dog wants to go out, of course, as well. Um. Uh, and also about our views. I mean, personally, I think having, uh, you know, had Mr. D talk about the stuff that he's done. I mean, I thought about you, Ryan. I mean, we're obviously the two that he's got to try and convert, right? But um, I mean, I've certainly heard enough that's made me go, you know what, this actually sounds like it could be something really enjoyable to do. Um, For me, 100%, I think it's one of two options. I don't think I'd go from Florida. I just don't think I can pull myself away from the parks. But I've always wanted to visit Alaska anyway. And I think if I could either go that side of, of the country and experience the cruise mm. over there or or travel from Europe, and I think those would be my two options. Yeah. You can do the fjords, can't you, Mr. Day? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah. They run a they run a, a Norwegian program. Uh, now I know you, you love Norway, Ryan. I love Norway. I do. Yeah. Um and uh, I've only seen the fjords once, and that's a long time ago. So um, but I mean, the thing is, we don't have this option right now. That's that's obviously for future. But I think with these, and it will come down to price, right? I, yeah. I'm 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 frugal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, same. I'm not going to pay through the nose now, Mister D. We we didn't talk 
that much about prices, but can you remember what your European cruise was roughly? Oh God, it was a while ago. Um, nah, I'd be I'd be guessing. Because I'm I'm sure I looked a few years ago mm-hmm. when they did the one of the Mediterranean ones. I'm sure. I mean, obviously, the, the, the length of cruises is, is different, so you, there's some yeah. stuff you've got to factor in. But I'm almost certain for the two adults and two children under 11, I'm sure it was about three and a half grand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't sound outrageous. I think when Disney when Disney first started cruising from the UK, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that they were based in Southampton, and the it's cruises so, were yeah. really, really expensive. I mean, I looked at them and I thought, nah. You could get you could get the equivalent cruise on a different line for a lot less money. Then they then they moved to cheaper ports. So that then they went to Barcelona, for example, and the price dropped quite a bit. Um, and that's where where we went. And I honestly can't remember, but I want to say it was like maybe two thousand four hundred or two thousand six two and a half thousand something like that for a week. Um, that would be for. Uh, one stateroom, ocean view, not veranda. Uh, two adults, two kids. Um, but that was quite a few years ago now. Um, it, it's going to be more than that. But uh, yeah, it, it just depends on how long you go for. I mean, that that was another thing that was attractive about the short cruises. You know, if you go on a three or four night cruise, it's going to bring the cost down, and it gives you a chance to try it and see if you like it. You know, see if it's for you. A, t- a two or three night cruise. I know you've said obviously the longer the better in terms of being able to experience mm. everything. Yeah, I totally get that. But yeah. let's just say, for example, and and we don't know, but let's just say a two night cruise is a thousand pound for the four of us to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but a three night cruise was was two. I'd probably punt on the, on the two night. Yeah, yeah. For, for, from know, from and, a value for money point of view, yeah, definitely. And the thing is as well, like you you know where I've got to think about this is that we've got a child that's never been on a cruise mm-hmm. that won't know what a cruise is yeah. and we don't know how he'll react to the environment. So doing that for, you know, three or four nights is a lot harder than doing it for two. Yeah. Yeah. Know, of course of the time. So yeah, sure. it, it could be like, this is a stepping stone to, to try it out, see how he fares at it. Um, and then if, if that goes well, then do a longer cruise when we can do, you know, the the med or you know another European cruise when they go back to normal. Yeah. What about, no, that, what about that you, makes Ryan? Sense. What are you? Yeah. What are you? You know, if if you're going to consider one of these, what what do you think you'd go for? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be coming and on whether to take um, our daughter or not, just because of the age she's at and. I don't really, I mean, I'm sure the, the childcare on board is fantastic. I don't doubt that, but she, she'd only be around a year old. I, I don't really feel comfortable leaving her with no. random people, which means we'd be very limited on what we could, could You should could leave her with family, Ryan. That's what most people do with kids. <laughs> I know. And or strangers. We, don't we think don't like go out into it. the town centre and say, can you look after my kid for a few days? Well, it's, it's, it's worked so far. <laughs> but like I mean, like taking her on the ship, probably not. I don't. I just don't think we will. Um, so it all depends on on price because we've obviously booked a fifteen night trip to Florida in August. You know, Spoilers, Ryan. Hit. We're not talking about that till the next episode. Yeah, next next <laughs> time we can talk about that. 
but it just depends on the price. If and it's, yeah. if it's over a long weekend, then we do it because just the way yeah. I, I basically get a ridiculous amount of holiday and Donna gets hardly any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I certainly recommend you know the short cruises if you've never if you've never done it before, three four nights or even two nights. You know, you'll get a taste of it, you'll get a feel for it, yeah. and you know it'll be a great experience and. Uh, then you can think about, you know, wh- when do you want to go again and do you want to wait until um, the kids are a little bit older or, you know. Mm. Um, uh, Mr. D, what about you? Mm-hmm. You know, you're the seasoned professional here. You've done these cruises before. This is a totally yeah. different, you know, yeah. because there's no ports involved, this is a totally different experience for you. Sure. Are you yeah. looking at any of these and thinking... You know, whether it comes down to price or not, or just yeah. what it is. I'll, do you think you go? I'll look at the prices when they come up. Um, I'd love, I'd love to go. Um, I'm a bit concerned about just the COVID aspects, you know. So everything I've talked about tonight is is kind of the world as it was, and hopefully the world yeah. as it will be uh, in the not too distant future. Um, at the minute, I, I will look at the prices, but they're going to have to be fairly attractive for me to think about you know putting up with the masks and the social distancing and all of that plus you know I'm in a different place now my kids are are older uh, but still love Disney and you know would I like to go on a on a Disney cruise again absolutely and and I haven't been on the new ships I've only been on the Magic and the Wonder the two original ships Mm -hmm. Uh, although Heather um, my youngest daughter she was uh, on the Dream she did a short short cruise on the dream when she was working in the states uh so yeah i'd love to go but i i really don't know if i'm willing to put up with all the covid measures at this point in time i think i'm more likely to just wait until things get back to normal mm-hmm. and we have got a cruise book not a disney cruise for the end of the year we're going to do the northern lights so we are going to do the norwegian fjords thing uh but that isn't until december so we're kind of banking on things being mostly back to normal then um uh so yeah disney yeah maybe we wait until next year when the new ship arrives and uh does something there perhaps boat on a florida holiday uh not sure but uh but i would certainly recommend it to others a cruise holiday is a great holiday and it's the kind of thing where you know, if you've never done it before, you might think, I'm not sure if it's for me, but I don't know anybody that's done it and then didn't like it, you know. Um, yeah. it, it's a good experience. So, heartily recommend it. And Disney does a really good job of it. They're not the cheapest by far. And they're, they're definitely, you know, for that family market. So, if you if you want to go and gamble and drink until you drop and party till four in the morning, it, Disney isn't the right cruise line for you. Go look at Carnival or somebody else. But, uh, you know, they, they what they do, they do very well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for all of that um, information, Mr. D. You know, as I said, it's definitely given me and Ryan stuff to think about and hopefully our listeners as well. And I, I appreciate the last bit of this really is about what is happening in the uk as you said earlier you know they're looking at trying to overturn the restrictions at the moment in america to get those cruises back working so hopefully 
Uh, there might be more news on that to come. Um, but hopefully this has given all of you guys listening something to think about. So, uh, yeah, thank you for putting this together, Mr. D. No problem. And, um, and as we alluded to, um, Ryan, on, on the latest theme park trailer, I'll give him another quick plug, um, is talking about a trip that he's just booked for, uh, well, your wife's 30th, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about that, or we're going to find out more about that on the next episode so that'll be uh, an interesting conversation because obviously this is a completely different disney trip to what you would normally do yeah very 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 different i'm looking forward to chatting to some of the team that have obviously been through it before um and then we can all decide whether i'm making a sensible or absolutely ridiculous decision in booking the trip anyway you're doomed yeah, I was gonna say I can, I can, I can tell you now. You've definitely made the mad decision, but, but that's <laughs> that's part of the fun, right? That's, yeah, that's completely exactly. part of the fun. Um, yeah. So thank you guys for uh, for being here, and thank you, dear listener, for for downloading. Uh, if you're not listening to this, what's the point of us even recording? So mm. thank God that you're here, downloading, yeah. and uh, and listening, and streaming, and and whatever else. We're available on pretty much every app now. Um, mm. If you don't already, please, um, was it follow? It used to be subscribe, but Apple are changing things up. So now you can follow us on your favorite podcast app of choice. Um, and if you haven't done so, leave us a review. Um, we prefer just yes, positive please. ones. But, you know, if you just want to leave one where you want to slag a fry, by all means, we like those ones as well. And uh, <laughs> I may get slagged off this time. Yeah. Waffling on about the cruise line. Uh, it's, it's what the remit of the show was. And uh, we will be back in two weeks with a a new episode with Ryan talking about his trip. And for Patreon listeners, um, next week we're recording our episodes watching Newsies and The Simpsons movie. That was it, wasn't it? I need to get on with that. Newsies and The Simpsons movie, okay. Yeah, that's what I need to do this week as well. So uh, until then, we will see you in a couple of weeks. Adios. See you later. Network.